Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 258 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe, but we need to speed this along. Uh, there is football on. I debated just having uh, Hayabusa Ed take my spot. Uh, if we can go right to voicemails, that'd be great. That's not going to happen. <sighs> it's it's not even a real uh, football game. <laughs> I mean, it counts. It counts for fantasy. I know that because I'm looking at it, and that fraud Mahomes is barely putting up any points, so I know it's real. That fraud Mahomes. Yeah. You mean a- your number one overall first pick? Yes, and a poor decision on my behalf, might I say. Okay. Fantasy bust. <laughs> He's no Kenny by God Pickett. That would have been a value, a value pick, even at the first round. Well, again, there's still time to trade him, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can get a good uh, good value for it. But speaking of good value, Joe, I listened to conversations with Joe, you and Hollow Wicked. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you very much. I always feel bad, especially for guys like that. Um, I know Hollow Wicked is a very busy man. Uh, he had a lot on his plate. Uh, some new video game wouldn't play itself. <laughs> uh, but like we did like two and a half hours almost. And the 45 minutes that's on the cutting room floor, you know, that's like the $500 Patreon level if you want that. Oh, nice. Yeah, let me know. I'll set that up. Um, Again, $500. <laughs> we'll talk. Well, I'm not paying the $500. You just send me the well, I'm not you. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you. I'm saying okay. yeah, uh, however, long these, however long these recordings last for if someone sends us $500 to the Patreon, yeah. um, I'll send that 45 minutes just to them. <laughs> But no, I really enjoyed it. Like, I've enjoyed all the conversations with Joe, but, like, this one I, I probably enjoyed the most. Yeah. You know, I just feel like the the storytelling uh, just, I don't know, it was just something about, like, it, it felt like you guys had gone up and down the roads together. Not that you and Mantis didn't, but Mantis might have been a little bit more reserved than Hollow Wicked was, in my well, opinion. Well, Hollow Wicked is definitely someone who's a little bit more reserved as well. Um Sure, but it came off as less than than Mantis, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hollow Wicked remembers things. <laughs> Mantis did. So, so he does, but he doesn't. You know, his his mind kind of works the same way as I do. Where I'm like, oh, what about this? And he's like, oh, tell me some matches on the show to like start coming back to me. You know? Yeah. I'll have people that come up to me and they'll tell me like the funky Chikara show name. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I go, give me like an approximate date. Give me a building. Give me a match. And I could probably piece the rest of it together. Yeah, sure. But uh, other than the fact that I am now cursed twice, which I don't know what I did to earn the second curse. uh, Like I I even went and subscribed to Arcade of Terror at the recommendation of the show. I want to get to that wrestling uh like i want to get to the bases loaded episode <laughs> but i want to start at the very beginning so i subscribed and i'm i think I, I finished two of them so far but i'll get there but i don't know why i'm cursed twice that's not fair well i would say that probably you're cursed twice because you weren't already subscribed to the youtube channel but that's neither here nor there but like does subscribing get rid of at least one of the curses no the fact that you weren't subscribed in between the first and second curses <laughs> I think he was looking up to see if you were on the subscription list, and that's why you got double cursed. Oh, man. I can't win. Like, no. I, but, no, I don't know. Like, great episode, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I, I actually have, like, I you know, we announced 
next time and just the kind of way that it's working out and like okay we're gonna kind of stagger things a little bit with these next couple um i'm gonna have kevin ford on the show friend of the show friend of us uh good person in general and as we mentioned kevin was like the curator of so much of what was going on in the world of chikar at the time yeah and he remembers that stuff now because he was like so entrenched in it um i could see that episode going three plus hours um, <laughs> it's a between the sheets level Patreon yeah. exclusive. All right. But it's going to be just us bullshitting around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had mentioned, like, oh, why don't you ask this person? And then I saw somebody else. And again, I don't want to give away who I'm going to be looking to do, but like, um, one of the people is somebody that came in who's been in, around in wrestling for a while, but he kind of came in right around the time that the shutdown stuff was getting ready to start. And then he was there almost to the very end of Chikara. Okay. Then, the next, then the next person, uh, at least who's a wrestler, is a wrestler today, but probably didn't start training until after the return storyline. So I'm going to get like a little bit of the fan perspective and a little bit of that. You know, I did, I, I did ping both of them and just say, hey, I have you guys penciled in. And I just got like thumbs up backs, right? Okay, no no door slammed in your face yet. No, no door. I've only had one, two doors slammed in my <laughs> face of people that I've asked. And I, I'm going to ask a third person. And this one, again, long, I think it's a long shot, but you never know. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be like a non-Chikara one, but it's somebody that I'm fascinated with. And I think I could get them on the podcast. And it'll, it, and also I'll, I'll do a tease and say this. It might be the first and only video one that I do. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, again, that's a that's a separate tier, Joe. Come on, we got to monetize this. Uh, I'll monetize the same way. I don't know. No, no, no. the The audio one is on the the face of Patreon. No, no, no. And and uh, so, the video it, one's on a higher tier. So I'm gonna video it. I'm gonna send it to you, and then you do whatever the fuck you want with it. Right? <laughs> Excellent. Cha-ching. <laughs> All right. Um. So anyway, um. Thank you for listening. Thanks to anyone who checked it out. Thanks to anyone who signed up. Uh, for the Patreon, and I'll start this off here as well. Thanks to anyone who kind of came to us today because of my dumb tweet from Wednesday. I, how, what's the tweet count now? That's uh, <laughs> you were I put you at eight hundred, but I feel like it's almost at a thousand now. That's multiple trips to Taco Bell. Well, again, I, I again I have to do what uh, Ed suggests to me, but as as of this recording, it's at nine hundred and sixty, and it's not even a good tweet. It's it's not even a good tweet. <laughs> it makes no sense. I know it's weird how this stuff hits because, like, I think it was something in the picture and picture on Dynamite that week because you know I I pay for fights so I could watch the picture and picture stuff. <laughs> sure, without commercials, you believe me? I guess okay. Um, so. <laughs> I watch that, and usually anytime Taz says something dumb, I always tweet it out, because I get a kick out of it, right? Yeah, and and dumb in the best kind of way, not dumb as in, like, a dumb-dumb. No, like, Taz yeah. is hilarious, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why this hit, just the way that it did. It's not the first time that I've tweeted stuff out that Taz says. It won't be the last time that I do. Um, 
But again, I don't know. Maybe it'll hit a thousand by the time we're, we're done recording. There is one thing uh, for the people who skip weekly purchases. There is something that's been happening on social media today that I'm going to do a follow up with at the very, very end of the show. Oh, all right. So you got to stay all the way through. That's right. This is how you sweep the quarter hours, right? And get people to listen through traffic and weather. Yeah, it's like that episode of Sports Talk I just did where I sprinkled the voicemails throughout the show. So, yes. like, if somebody just wanted to hear the voicemails, they could just go to the end. We right. should just start doing that with weekly purchases, like, in between every bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like having a format and a structure, I, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right, on to the show. On to the show, indeed. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right, so I'm going to start old. We're going to do it oldest to newest this week, right? Okay. So uh, on this day in wrestling history, and again, I know Adam will tell you, um, anything prior to 1990 doesn't count. Generally um, doesn't. But on this day in wrestling history, uh, 1986, uh, WWE changed the names of their two flagship shows. Um, one show was called Championship Wrestling, and the other one was called All-Star Wrestling. On this day in 1986, Championship Wrestling became Superstars of Wrestling, and All-Star Wrestling became Wrestling Challenge. Okay, I, you'd have to let me know, like, how long this stuff lasted, because obviously I remember Superstars, but I don't remember those other three names, because they're obviously before my time. Well, Challenge, Challenge and Superstars, like, the way that it aired around here was, um, you know, the intent was that one was supposed to air on, like, a Saturday and the other one was supposed to air on a Sunday. Around here, at least on my cable package when I was watching WWF, Challenged aired at 10 o'clock on Sunday and Superstar... Or, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock on Saturdays, and then Superstars was on 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock on Saturdays. So it was, like, Challenged and Superstars was the way that they aired around here, which was the wrong way. I didn't know it at the time. I'm just watching wrestling, right? It wasn't the correct listening order. It was <laughs> not the correct viewing order as dictated or hoped to by Vince McMahon. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no memory of Challenge. Like, I remember Superstars. Superstars was synonymous. And then I remember the... What was the one... The the show that was a Sunday show for me was the one that had skits with Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Okay, so so this is where we kind of get into things is... So this the ones that was skits with Bobby and Gorilla was All-American on USA. Yeah, that I remember the, on Sundays and Superstars on Saturday. That was so, my childhood. Right, so All-American was always... Sundays on USA challenge was the original Bobby and gorilla show. So the first, uh, challenge announced team is gorilla, Ernie Ladd and luscious Johnny Valiant. Then it eventually just goes to gorilla and luscious Johnny Valiant. And then eventually it goes to gorilla and Bobby Heenan where it's gorilla and Bobby Heenan on challenge for like, almost until the time Bobby leaves to go to WWE or WCW. Hmm. I, I would have like guessed that it would have like, that would have gone away around 90. Cause again, I just don't remember it now. Now see, okay. So you say around 90, we've talked about it before. Um, and they would enter like every now and then they're like, Oh, we're going to throw a third person in there. It's like, Oh, it's, um, you know, cause like superstars was Vince and Jesse or Vince and Jesse. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Jesse leaves. They replace Jesse with Roddy Piper. Then they're like, oh, we're going to throw Macho Man in there. And then we're going to throw Honky Tonk Man in there. And then we're going to throw Mr. Perfect in there. And then we're going to throw Jerry Lawler. You know what I mean? They would always yeah. like, right. So then Superstar Challenge was um, from like late 90 into 91 was Gorilla, Bobby, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And actually, as I'm going all through these things, it's going to feel as though this was planned, but it's really not. <laughs> when we get in all the other clips and stuff. But the if you remember on TV, the first time that Bobby brought out the real world title, the Ric Flair world title. Sure. It was on an episode of Challenge. But they didn't play it on other things? They did play it on other things. Yeah, I, but I, the I just... stuff the stuff that they played on other things was like Bobby in like the interview area with the belt. The first time that it was ever on TV, like when they would do like the green screen thing of the commentators in front of the crowd... Mm-hmm. the show ends of them like I was like oh next week we're gonna have this and this and this and then Bobby's like I got big news he steps off screen comes back in and he's got the real world title okay I mean I definitely saw that you know right. when it happened so maybe I'm just forgetting right but First the reason ever. the reason I mentioned that challenge is because our theme song is the challenge theme song I'll see I didn't know that either <laughs> right see there you go all right well, what what was the All Star theme song? I have no like, um, I have no clue what All Star's theme song was. I know, uh, Championship Wrestling theme song from 1984 to when they changed it over from Championship to Superstars was uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Really? Yes. They right. just walk it. They're just like, we're gonna play Thriller for two and a half years. Well, they just played it over the PA and not on the live feed, and that's how you get around that. It, it was like the instrumental stuff of Thriller. You know, yeah. it never got in, like, actual Michael singing or anything, you know? Gotcha. Um, so, okay, also, on this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held the In Your House pay-per-view Ground Zero from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, this show was main-evented by... The first ever televised singles matchup between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Okay, I like one of them. <laughs> uh, eh, listen, it's 90, <laughs> uh, 97 mark, I'm all right with. No, I know. It, it's hard, like, obviously, like, probably all the way through, like, American Badass, I was, uh, I was an Undertaker mark. Yeah. I was a mark for Mark until he but, went back to be an Undertaker again, you know? But DX is forming at this point. It's not officially named just yet. Um, I think Rick Rude had just debuted as the insurance policy on, like, the previous week's Raw. And this is, like, the unofficial alignment of Triple H and China with them as well. Where, if this happened last week, where was my video last week? No, 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 no. So, um, so the pay-per-views line up here. Oh, Okay. But I'm just saying, like, what's going on on TV to get us to this point? All right. Yeah, because we're – all right. Never mind. I received yeah. my complaint. We do the 98 TVs, the 97 pay-per-views, which as I was doing this – like, as I was doing the show notes, I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to come up on Survivor Series 1997 from Montreal in, like, two months. <laughs> all right. You can understand how I'd be confused. It yeah. Is similar eras. Um, right, and listen, it's one thing leading into another. We're talking about a lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, and again, oh, it was a whatever it was pay-per-view. Um, 
I also I would be remiss to mention that on this pay-per-view, we had Brian Christopher taking on Scott Putzky. Of course, uh, who can forget? Two stalwarts of the uh, WWF uh, light heavyweight division at the time. And speaking uh, of light heavyweights, Max Mini versus El Torito. Yes. Um, so the, the the Scott Putzky match I mentioned, of course, because he's a light heavyweight. And also he blows out his knee trying to do a dive or something on this match. And they have to call an audible and just like do a count out finish. Okay. Okay. So flash forward a year later, 25 years ago on this day. Uh, Raw, again, preempted by the U.S. Open. So Nitro's got the full three hours unopposed. Oh, should be a great show. Should be a great show. Main event on the show, or one of the main events on the show, is Goldberg defending the world title against Scott Putzky? Oh, no what shit. The, what the hell? <laughs> Are you sure it's not, like, a different Scott Putzky? Like, Putzky's like Smith to them, probably. No! <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's Scott, it's the same Scott Putzky, uh, obviously breaks his leg with WWE, gets let go, and then they bring him in just as, like, a guy to get squashed by Goldberg. You know, I think he has, like, three matches in WCW on TV at this time, right? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, this is this Nitro, not only is it unopposed, not only is it uh, three hours, it's the go-home show for Fall Brawl coming up this weekend. And Fall Brawl has two very distinct builds going on. You would think, you know, whatever. Um, but you have, of course... The infighting with WCW's team led by Diamond Dallas Page and Kevin Nash leading the Wolfpack. But then again, of course, you also have Hogan, who seems to care less about what's going on for the upcoming War Games match that he's in. And he's more focused on what's going on with the Warrior. <laughs> now, well, I mean, obviously, Warrior's promos are very captivating, so it's hard to not be distracted. Now, I will say, sadly, we do not get an Ultimate Warrior promo this week. But not to say that we don't get some Ultimate Warrior shenanigans this week. All right. What do you mean he's invisible? He's going to pay for that? How the hell can he slip through the cracks? <laughs> Let's go. Let's you know what? Get him out of the way. He's in the building. Get out of my face. All right. I, I, you could clearly see that was Hollywood Hogan's personal like locker room. And it, it appeared the Warrior had already been there, Mike, today. Looks like the leader of the OWN. The one warrior nation has struck, and of all things, was that Hollywood Hogan's locker room? Uh, that apparently was, and I know that camera was an unwelcome sight to Hollywood, but there's some fight going on. What are you talking about? I don't know what's going on. What's this about? How the hell could this happen? Who was in the ambulance? Adam Zanorton, who was it? I, I don't know. They laid out in an ambulance, man. Laid out. Yeah, I know who it was. So, Warrior, not shown, Obviously, lays out somebody, Hollywood not shown. Has been laid out and taken away in an ambulance, and uh, things are falling apart rapidly. Hey, homie's going bizarre. He just pushed the giant out of the way. Now, the, the payoff to this, Hogan comes out, cuts his promo. I'm not going to play a Hulk Hogan promo uh, unopposed or anything else like that here. Uh, but what I will play is the follow-up to what happened there. Okay. Our camera's in the back of the hand. upside down. God, what's going on? Cut oh, him down. Get him down. Get, get him out here. Get He's him hanging upside down. down. He's out. Get a doctor. She's get a doctor. Come on, man. Warrior is supposed to be Batman. Look, yes. Warrior is supposed to be Batman. 
Because <laughs> the warrior signal, or signal, the, like the symbol does kind of look like the bat signal. And he's got a knocked out Bruce Beefcake hanging from the ceiling. Oh. He's got magic. He's, this is this is warrior lore. This is right. very spooky. But Adam, I feel as though a lot of the stuff that's been going on in the world of championship wrestling, we've we've overlooked someone. Nay, someone has been overlooked. Maybe someone has been shuffled to the side. Maybe they've been involved in stuff, but they really haven't been getting the time like they used to in the earlier summer, later spring. So this week on Nitro is the first time in a long time that we get a Chris Jericho <gasps> promo. Thank God. Oh, too bad. I mean, it, he, this is serious. To Monday Night Jericho. I missed you so much. It's a catchy name. And ladies and gentlemen, I most definitely am the walrus. Goo goo gajube. And I promise to never, ever treat you Jerichoholics wrong just because I am better than all of you. And you know it. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> wow, he's sincere. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, regardless of... So, uh, this is to build up for the big TV title match uh, with perennial uh, favorite in WCW at this time, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Oh, young upstart Jim Nightheart. And if you have any feelings on how this match goes, I'm going to play you the closing moments of the match, Adam. All right. Now, this is more visual, but if you didn't see this going around social media today, I think this bears um, a viewing. And a, a program that was born All right, Jericho locks him up. Gets ready to turn him over. Going for the walls of Jericho. Trying to get him over. Look at Nightheart fight it. That's a big line to tame, too. Oh, sets to the knee in. in. Nightheart over, and he is fighting Raleigh's worth here. Worming. He's going to roll that right shoulder up. That's what he has to do. That way he won't be able to turn him. Look at the wide base by Jericho here. He's going to turn Jericho him. steps it's over for some leverage. And Nightheart, look at Nightheart, those strong legs just oh, trying to get him over. Nightheart just still trying to fight him. He powered his way out of that. It's what he did. Turn him. Nightheart's on his Good back. Referee called for the bell. They did not ring the bell. Like a guy trying to move a wheelbarrow. That pain is just. Oh wait, so this is continuing? Yes. Oh, and now the ref's calling again because Nightheart was in position. The match is over. Even though we've not heard the bell, it is over. Chris, there you go. Chris Jericho gets the win. Nightheart must have given up. Jericho's powdering. All right, what the fuck happened? And Jericho gets a win. He's going to get his belt and take off. Oh, there he raises his hand on the outside. Um, that was definitely um, somebody not wanting to do business. Oh. I mean, that's what it looked like. I just didn't know if it was something less than obvious. Um, well, I will say, um, you know, Fall Brawl coming up this weekend. Uh, Jim Neidhart and sadly, Davey Boy Smith are, are are not long for the world of world championship wrestling at this point. Mm -hmm. um, if this, uh, and again, he was just not like, you know, Jim Neidhart was like, I'm not going to do a job for this guy, you know? What did he think that like oh you know I got to keep my character strong you know I, I got another big run left in me 
Apparently. All right. And hey, good for him. He's still lost. I right, exactly. And what a what a and like Jericho being a pro, quick thinking on his feet, you know, so on and so forth. Um, take the win, get the hell away from the guy, and get the hell out of there, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, one last thing, Adam. Um, again, I've been checking. There is no paparazzi production on this week's episode of Nitro or Nitro of Impact. That would have been this day in wrestling history, 2006. Okay, man, why does everything suck? But is fair. I think I'm going to turn you around. I got something for you. Um, I don't want to blow out your eardrums or listeners' eardrums, but I want to play this moment. And I'm kind of, and, and I'll reserve my remarks until the end. Okay. All right. Through wrestling legends. Oh, now it's time to go outside of TNA and see what they have to offer the hottest free agent in professional wrestling. Mr. Bobby the Brain Heenan. What can Bobby Heenan do for Bobby Roode? I've managed one of the great athletes in this sport. Rick Roode, eight times NWA champion Harley Race, Steve John Stead, King Kong Bundy. Ever hear Rick Fire? Oh, uh, yeah, I heard that guy. How about a big name? How about Andre the Giant? That's a big name. You're going to be bigger, bigger than any star they've ever had in this business. And I can show you how to do it. I have something for you here. You got some real estate property. Oh. I'm investing in my our company, and we can put you on the bottom floor. Here's my card. I want you to keep that close by. Now, here's a little something you and the uh, your wife go out and have dinner on me tonight. Well, I'm, I'm not married. Well, then give me 10 bucks back when you see me next time and forget the whole deal. Believe me, you can't make a better pick than me. It's real. I like your style. And it's Canadian. <laughs> we'll be in touch. I hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so, that this that moment ends up being the last thing Bobby Heenan ever did in wrestling. Okay. Yeah. I remember... Um, I don't know if I was seeing it live, but I definitely saw that right around when it happened, you know? Yeah. And, and I was just kind of bummed like, not to see people talking about it. You know, Bobby Heenan was one of the greats, and, you know, obviously he was sick. You know, you, you could hear it in his voice. The cancer had kind of pretty much taken him a bit. I know he did the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I think the Hall of Fame was 04. This would have been 06. Um, but, like, the legend deals were handled a little bit differently. Um, but the fact that like impact thought enough that the push for Bobby Roode were like, we're going to do whatever we can get. Like, and he's not even in the impact zone. He's in a limo in the backstage area. You got to imagine Bobby just may not have been able to do it or didn't want to be seen a million different things that could speculate. Or but I know just, you're a big Bobby he- Heenan guy. Everybody loves Bobby Heenan. And I wanted to, you know, share that with you, kind of. Yeah, like, or he just, he wasn't even at the event. He could have been wherever he lived, and they just, like, sent yeah. Bobby Roode there, you know? Yeah. But no, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's all I got for this day in wrestling history, Adam. All right. Nice and quick. So, I guess we'll get into what we what we watched this past week, right? Sure. Uh, I Can I start off? I, you, you know, this time I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, Joe... A long, 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 long time ago. It's almost like ancient history, so I don't think we need to necessarily spend a ton of time on it, but uh, did you know that AEW fired CM Punk? Um, 
what is it with just cause is the verbiage that we have to use when we're talking about it? I, I thought it was like released with cause or something. Yes, like yes. But hey, like just it feels like just a week ago we were talking about uh, the rumor that he was suspended and the fact that he wasn't on the all in card. Or I'm sorry, the all out card in Chicago. And it's like, hey, that's all kind of odd. And. And we we debated whether or not you know we would ever see uh, Pepsi Phil in AEW again, and never say never. But he's gone, Joe. So I want to give this opportunity to you to do your victory lap, and to ask you: A, do you think we see him ever in wrestling? Period. And B, where? And it's certainly not Impact. But let's get that out of the way. I don't but, know. I saw somebody tweet out there's a thirty percent chance he's going to Impact. Right. <laughs> Sure. No, <laughs> there's, I, I, there's an 8% chance he'll be at Steel Stacks this week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I want to kind of say this. No victory lap from me, okay? All right. I, I'm, I think I. we talk about 30%. You talk about 8%. I think I'm in that rarefied 1% where I hate Phil and I hate the Bucks. Because mm-hmm. I feel as though most people come down on one side or the other. And I'm using the Bucks as a catch-all term for the elite, whether it's Kenny or Nick or Matt or Hangman or whatever it is. But I got no qualms with Kenny. I got no qualms with Hangman. Maybe we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Who knows? But the Bucks are bad people who have done a lot of good things for a lot of people I consider friends. Phil is a bad person who did one good thing for one person's dog. <laughs> um. So again, no victory lap, but um, I, and it, obviously everybody else has lawyered this to death, and I'm sure this is going to be lawyered to death even further. Um, that being said, I feel as though the blame for this comes squarely on Tony Khan, and this goes back to last year after uh, All In, the press conference. And we don't know all the facts, okay? All we know is what we saw. And we saw Tony Khan allow Phil to go up there and bury his company. And bury his EVPs. And obviously that leads to a much bigger thing. That leads to the suspensions. That leads to Phil allegedly being hurt. That then leads to bad feelings between the elite and Phil. Then that ends up being bad feelings with the locker room. And then Tony goes and sacrifices the rest of his locker room, literally causing them to choose sides between the elite, the EVPs, the people who allegedly have some sort of power in the company, and Phil. Gives Phil his own separate show, where Phil is allowed to handpick whoever he wants from his roster to be on his show, to book his own storylines, to do anything he wants, to kick people who are executives in the company out of the building. Tony allowed Phil to do this because he's that big of a fan of Phil. If I'm the EVPs, if I'm Nick, I'm Matt, I'm Kenny, I'm Hangman, I'm looking at Tony in a different way. But again, Bucks resigned. They're bragging that they have million-dollar contracts. So apparently the money's okay for them, right? Mm-hmm. But the money to bury the hatchet with Phil maybe wasn't enough money. The Bucks, there's a very notorious match from Pro Wrestling Gorilla where it was the Bucks against Danielson and Roderick Strong. 
And in this match, Danielson and Roddy work their normal style. Maybe turned up just an extra notch, right? Mm -hmm. And they beat the fuck out of Nick and Matt in this match. And Nick and Matt were backyarders. They were flippy kids. They were probably outweighed by like 50 pounds each by Danielson and Roddy. And any sort of offense or comeback that they tried to mount, Roddy and Danielson just like ate them up. Now, this wasn't like a shoot. This wasn't them going into business for themselves. This was to essentially help further the storyline because the Bucks had been heels and this was their attempt during the course of a two-day multiple match tournament to turn them babyface. And the idea was this will get some sympathy on them. Nick and Matt were ready to quit the business that day <laughs> because of the beating that they got in that match. So Sure to turn it up a few more notches if it was Danielson and Roddy. So. For every elite person out there that makes their 8 by 10 sign of how soft Phil is, your guys are one ply. They're going, the finger's getting pushed through when you're wiping your butthole with those two, right? (laughs) Yeah. But Phil ain't no better, right? Phil tried to play the game. Phil, and again... The time that we're recording this, we don't know what's going to come out between the time we record, the time that this gets released, and the time that the Observer sees print. Who knows? But maybe, you know, Phil had been thin on thin ice from the beginning. And Tony still did all this. So again, that's why, you know, I jokingly said, but like, I'd love to ask Tony of like, why? Why did you allow Phil to run your company for the better part of... And, like, the answer is money. The answer to everything is money, Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to. But at what cost is that money to you? You know, dividing your locker room, pitting them against each other, harboring this resentment within the entire company. And, and again, I'm going to say over CM Punk, maybe to some people that's worth it. To Tony, it was. If I was Tony, it wouldn't have been. And again, I sit here and say, like, would I ride or die for OC or Eddie Kingston? Absolutely. But once they become a poison and a cancer to my locker room, which I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen with the two guys I mentioned, I would get rid of that as soon as possible, not cater it and cultivate it and beg it and bend over backwards for nine months to bring it back. But then... Phil came back, and he was actively trying to mend fences. Phil saw that there was money to be made in a match with them. But I mentioned before, the well was already poisoned, being away for nine months. The animosity that it had built up in the locker room, and I know DJ and Brett had mentioned this on on final or on, uh, We Need Wrestling this past week. All it would take is just like an errant elbow or an out-of-place kick during a match, and then everything's off. And everyone's going to be like, oh, they're shooting, brother, right? (laughs) So this definitely is something that could have been handled better. So it didn't get to this point. And it's not like I'm like, I'm mad at Tony Khan and I think he should be whatever. And I'm never going to watch AEW again. I don't know, like Vince McMahon raped multiple women and everybody still likes WWF, right? Mm. All, All Tony Khan did was really like CM Punk. 
and, and is that as bad as an offense as raping multiple women over 40 years? Apparently, to some people, it is. Jeez. So, yeah. I, I'm of the mindset. So, I will miss seeing CM Punk wrestle on AEW pay-per-views. I think when the bell rings, he's entertaining. I've always been a fan of CM Punk in the ring. I have, for the most part, been a fan of like CM Punk promos. But when the news came out that he was fired or whatever, I was it was relief. I was like, well, at least that's over with. You know, uh, like I make no mistake that at least now AEW is my favorite of the two companies. I don't even watch hardly any WWE anymore. So, like, I want the company that I watch the most of. I watch five hours of television a week, not counting pay-per-views. I want it to succeed. And the fact that he's finally gone, I'm like, all right, can we all just get better now? <laughs> you know, like, now that that is gone. And like you said, there's still people left behind who are equally to blame that are allowed to stay but like all right if if phil's gone maybe the bucks will be less of a dick you know i guess is my my wishful thinking about it maybe yeah hopefully um do you see do you see cm punk showing up in like wwe the rumble survivor series whatever um i i had a tweet earlier this week um that said if all of Phil's stooges can keep their fucking mouth shut, I think Phil at number 30 in the Royal Rumble would be a pretty cool deal, whether you're a Phil fan or not. Yeah. So I'm calling my shot there. I think it's an easy shot to say. I know a lot of people are saying um, it's going to be Survivor Series because Survivor Series is in Chicago. I don't know if they're going to be able to all come to the same page on that in two months, two and a half months, whatever it is. I mean, if this was the good old days of, like, the Monday Night Wars, he would have been on Raw the next night, you know? Right. But let me ask you this. And now you mentioned, like, I have no problem with Tony Khan. I think, it, like, it's a lot of people dunk on him. It's like, ha-ha, look at him. He doesn't blink, whatever. He's in over his head. Like, I think his heart is in the right place, and that's me standing for a billionaire. So I apologize. But, like, I got no beef with him. But I do agree that... He needs to have, like, nobody respects him other than, hey, I respect the fact that you're paying me lots of money. Like, nobody's afraid of him because you got to do a lot of shit to, for there to be repercussions. And it was brought up on a lot of the shows on the network and it was brought up elsewhere that there's nobody really in that locker room that is, like, A, impartial and B, is, like, that you are legitimately afraid of slash respect slash wouldn't cross or whatever. Is there somebody that you can think of? And they don't necessarily have to be in that locker room. You don't have to be like, Oh, it's Eddie Kingston, you know, or something like that. But is there like an old timer who's like young enough that this generation would actually know who he is, but old enough to, to like have some kind of stature where like whether you're a flippy guy or like a Moxley or whatever that you would be like, all right, they said to do this. I better like step in line. Very short answer. No. Um, you know, I, I think we had joked earlier in the year, maybe back in March, maybe there had been some rumblings that um, they were trying to court Kevin Nash for the deal or maybe Kevin Nash had floated the idea through multiple parties that it should be him. Um, but I think Kevin Nash even said on his podcast, 
Um, the fact that they, whether it be Wednesdays, whether it be fr- Saturdays, whether it be pay-per-views, um, you know, his son, Tristan, had just passed away, you know, a little over a year ago, and he was starting to do some conventions and stuff, and he was just missing his be, missing being home. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know I don't have a lot of time left on this earth, and I don't want to spend it fucking around at conventions, fucking around with a bunch of people that don't know how to police themselves. I'd rather spend what time I have left at home with my family. Um, so Kevin Nash would have been the number one, but he's kind of already poo-pooed that. Um, I'll jokingly say me. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't want to get too far in the weeds. That's the this is the seventy five dollar Patreon pe- feed. Uh, but you mentioned other shows, and I'll mention this here. Uh, Tim and Marcus over on Final Wrestling Place said, you know, Jr. Right, Jim yeah. Ross, which and that's you would just be bulldozed by like. Do you everybody. think two thousand twenty three Jim Ross gives a fuck? about what goes on with the interpersonal relationships of anybody else, he's liking big titty pictures on Twitter. <laughs> That's what Jim Ross is doing. And let him do him. that. Yeah. Jim but even Ross, if he did care, A, and he knew who these people were, because he doesn't know half the people are that he's calling the matches for. But, like, if he did care, and you, can you see him yelling at the Young Bucks? The Young Bucks would just be like, screw you, and just go to Tony, you know? I can't see Jim Ross knowing which one was which. Yeah. Well, they, they used to be one was blonder back in the day, so I do – I have to take his side on that. But wrestling is different today than it was in 2001. 2001. Wrestling is different today than it was in 1986. Wrestling is different than it was in 15 years ago, right? And it's a completely different company. If you want to run your locker room in a, if you want to run the AEW locker room like any period before WWF locker room, you're going to get WWF eventually, right? Mm. The problem was before CM Punk came in, and we talked about it last week. I'll mention it again. This is the locker room that was able to bond, band together, and respect the wishes of John Huber Brody Lee's family and keep his private affairs secret until the absolute last moment when he he had passed. And that was a period of time of almost three months, right? Mm -hmm. Now listen, I could certainly make the joke here that it was a locker room that actually cared about John as opposed to a locker room that doesn't give a fuck about Phil, but that's six ways, that's six of, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. But when Tony brought Phil in, I'm not saying that it was Phil was the root cause of things, but I will say that the end result was Phil splintering and sowing seeds of distrust and resentment and everything in that locker room. And that is what they need to worry about repairing first before, you know, and uh, fuck it. I don't even care. I don't know. We have new listeners. Is it the Patreon show? Fuck it. Right. So. When shit happens, do you remember a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, there was that whole dust up online and regarding uh, Lufisto. Do you remember that? Uh, about like the women's locker room. And yada yes. Yada. Yep. And everyone jumped to conclusions and it was revealed that she went on like some sort of French language podcast and she told the story of what really happened, but nobody actually listened to it. They just all essentially piled on. Britt Baker, and Ruby Soho, right? Mm. Internally, everyone was told to not address it, don't respond to it, don't quote tweet it, don't subtweet it, don't mention it. 
let it die. And then MJF tweeted something about it. <laughs> so MJF tweets something about it, and everybody else is like, well, fuck. If he says something and he ain't getting in trouble, I'm going to tweet something. And that's how the ball rolls. And that's not the first time that happened, but that's the most recent time that it happened. That's something mm-hmm. like that, where everyone in the locker room is giving an, expli- uh, an explicit direction, don't do this, or do this, or don't say this, or say this. And someone, and I'm not saying it's always Max, but in this instance it was Max, it's sometimes someone as low as Matt Hardy on the, on the totem pole, and it's somewhere in between sometimes, right? And I'm not saying it's everybody. But all it takes is one person to publicly disobey the boss's orders and have no repercussions for everyone else to disobey the boss's orders and come back and say, well, you can't do anything to me because you didn't do anything to him. Or you didn't do anything to me because you didn't do anything to her, right? Yeah. They got to start finding the shit out of these people. They, uh, so I'm going to assume for this particular instance that I'm talking about that there were no fines. I'm going to assume for the events of last year's All In, in addition to suspensions, there probably were fines as well. Yeah, but I mean, even something like it might seem, I don't want to say less important or less significant, like, oh, he did a tweet as opposed to like a fight, but you got to nip that stuff in the bud. It's like, if you don't be like, hey, Max, uh, you owe me 10 grand because you went and tweeted, maybe he's not going to do it every time because he's not a shoot millionaire, you know? I, I have plans. I have ideas. Tony, yeah. you know, you have, there's people that we know that have my number. You think I'm fucking around. <laughs> I, I Listen, I, I'm a nobody, but I don't know. I'm a big, scary guy. <laughs> I've, yelled, I've yelled, yo, listen to ignorant motherfuckers more times than I care to admit in my entire life. You've um, taken a beating from Claudio. And I've taken one tale. beating from Claudio. Yeah. Um, you can get me a job. I no, no, Fox, no. You you got you can't go and get a job at AEW you, and not take me with you. You you make you make your case for you. How about that? Um, I don't want power. I just want to be at the side of power. <laughs> and, and see, that's the thing. I don't want power either. But I it want comes the, with the job. Okay. I don't want power either. I want the place where my friends to work to not be a shitty place for them to go to work. Yeah. And I, I want the wrestling I enjoy to still be around and not be ruined by people being shitty. Yeah. No, 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. <sighs> what else you got, Joe? I, and I'll just close this one out and just say, like, kind of to wrap all of this up. Um, I like Dynamite this week. Uh, Kurt from the Stink Sheet tweeted out that this episode of Dynamite felt like episode one of season two of Dynamite. Okay. Um, You very clearly had segments defined where, like, this is clearly the bad guy. This is clearly the good guy. Samoa Joe's clearly your bad guy. Christian's clearly your bad guy. Swerve is clearly your bad guy. And they're addressing in their promos, in their storylines in their actions stuff that has been kind of dormant or unresolved or suspect over the last nine to 12 months. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, MJF tying up some more loose ends with the regal stuff. 
uh, Christian being awesome, uh, Swerve bringing up Hangman's you know untapped potential, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, of course, at the beginning of the show, you get like just and it's and again, it was as subtle as professional wrestling can be, where OC comes out and says they told me to stay home, but I'm going to be here every week. I don't know. I remember a couple of years ago when John Cena said that. I remember a couple of years before that when The Rock came out and said that. Now, The Rock lied. Mm. Um, John Cena didn't lie. Now, granted, a lot of people are like, well, he didn't have a match, and he didn't come back out and do anything. It's like, he's fucking there, man. He's on TV, right? Yeah. And, a, a case, uh, just to interrupt you, a case could have been made to have him just not be on TV for like a month yeah. so that when he does come back, it's like, oh, he's healed, he's back, and it's a monster pop. So when he he opened the show, I was like, oh, that's a head scratcher. But yep. I loved it, especially the, you know, Moxley's coming out and yep. and he does the Orange Cassidy stops and just eyeballs him. He's like, I want that back, you know? And, and that's enough. Yep. Again, whether they blow it off two weeks from now, do a rematch at Arthur Ashe, or they hold off until the November pay-per-view, or they hold off until the next pay-per-view after that. That's all you just need. Like, don't forget that that little thing between these two is not over. Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy still wants that international title back. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I just thought it was a really good episode of TV in that regard. The, the You know, the action was good. I might have trimmed a little bit out of the Jericho Sammy tag match. But, again, it, it felt like a new beginning for the company. And whether that means... Phil is gone and the locker room could start to mend those fences that have been annihilated for the last year and a half or the fact that the Bucks are wrestling on Rampage. I don't know. It was a good episode of TV this week. The Bucks should be exclusive to Rampage. I think that would be best for everybody. I have a listen. I have booking plans, too. Um, But I mean, obviously, uh, I don't want to step on your toes here, but like I'm sure you'd want to talk a little bit about the pay-per-view this weekend, right? Because that's my other thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I don't really have any in-depth stuff, but I will say, much like everybody, and we always, I don't want to say we, I always think to myself, I always complain that some of these AEW pay-per-views, you look at the card and you're like, all right, well, what are we doing here? You know, it doesn't seem to be overwhelming. In my mind, this show was Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. And everything else was just, you know, a bonus. And the show for me started off kind of slow. Uh, I don't want to say I was bored the first few matches, but I was maybe underwhelmed. And I don't know what point it was when it really shifted gears. I don't know if it was the Hobbs Miro match or uh, or if it was Takeshi Omega. I forget the the lineup as far as where things were, but uh, the meat match. The Takesha Omega, the Danielson Starks, and OC Moxley. Just those four matches right there was worth the price of the pay-per-view. And the fact that there was other good stuff on there as well. But like those four matches, holy shit. Especially, I mean, Danielson versus Ricky Stocks. I don't want to like say that it was better than OC versus Moxley, but it was better than OC versus Moxley just because of how insane seeing two men slap each other in the face full force with leather straps, leather straps covered in blood. Uh, and just an amazing match. Um, but like I said, all four of those matches were awesome. And shout out for hot and flexible CJ Perry coming in. Uh, I thought overall end product, the pay-per-view this past weekend was really good. Um, obviously my heart is with OC and Moxley 
And I think I'd be telling a different story if OC walked out victorious, but he didn't. Oh, uh, we so, were so we we worked ourselves into a shoot thinking he was going to though. Yeah. Um, but if you did not see uh Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks uh strap strap Asian match, Yapify strap match, mm-hmm. go out of your way and see it. it. It's an unbelievable match. And again, I'm not sitting here giving stars out to nothing. That's one guy's business to do. And let him do that. And who gives a fuck what he gives stars to? It doesn't give stars to. Did you enjoy the match or not? Yes, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. Danielson is the best professional wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. I can make a case. Pick a year from the time that he started wrestling in 2000. And, uh, you know, an, an active major league wrestler in 2001 to today. I will put any year of his last 22 up against any of your other favorite wrestlers here. And he'll crush you. Um, And I'll throw in here as well, if you did not watch the presser afterwards, it's up on AEW's YouTube page. Go and watch the Danielson part. Um, Pretty much everybody else that comes up before is pretty much in character. Danielson isn't in character. And Danielson is so smart to hear him talk candidly about the way he approaches professional wrestling and looks at professional wrestling can only make you better. If you yourself are a professional wrestler, you're in the professional wrestling business. And I think as a fan, it would give you a different perspective on how someone like him who performs at such a high level and has performed at such a high level for the last 22 years, the way that he approaches professional wrestling he overthinks it in a way that isn't overthinking it if that makes sense mm. he, he looks at he'll 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 take one base element he'll take one little thing and kind of extrapolate that one little point and make it bigger and, and he talks in a way that isn't insulting to the fans and still is within kayfabe of stuff but also giving the fans and the press and everyone else that was there something to chew on, information, stuff to go home with, and fill them with hope for what could be coming for the future of not only him coming back so soon from an injury, but also with what AEW could have in store. Yeah. Danielson is everything that CM Punk thinks he is. There's a lot of people that are what CM Punk thinks he is. Yeah. But uh, it's just... The fact that Danielson, I don't want to say can go away for a little while, but he he was gone since Forbidden Door. But then just to come out of nowhere, interject himself into a program that he wasn't in prior to the 24 hours before he he did the promo and just to to steal the show against a guy who he had no history with just based on a coincidence of of a nickname of Dragon. uh, Really good. Like, I, I want... Danielson protected at all costs with bubble wrap in between pay-per-view matches. Like he can come out and call people like fickle if he wants, but uh, I, I just want to see him have like just every pay-per-view should have a Danielson match. That's your marquee along with your orange Cassies and your Eddie Kingston's and whatever. But uh, a Danielson match against anybody is enough to, to sell a AEW pay-per-view for me now. 
And obviously, I would love Danielson to be able to go out on his own terms, but I think he's someone who has done wrestling for his entire life and is so good at it. I don't think that he'll ever be done with some aspect of professional wrestling in his life. Um, I, as a very selfish wrestling fan, and specifically a Brian Danielson fan, I will not be happy until he has at least one singles match with every member of the roster. So, yeah. Has he, like, in a, uh, I should know this, has he wrestled OC yet? No. Mm, that's an important roadblock on the way to get him back that international championship. That's the that's your final boss before you face Mox. It sure is. Ooh. All right. Because obviously he stomps the shit out of that little shit Yuta. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, maybe he beats Claudio in a non-title Ring of Honor match. And all right. I like this. All right. What else you got, Joe? Uh, the only other thing is there was another pay-per-view this past weekend. I know that feels like it was forever ago, um, but the torch has been passed. <laughs> uh, listen, there's no way that you can uh, deny what this man is and does. And, you know, maybe you could say that this speaks for maybe how great the product of WWE is or is not during this time. But there's one thing that you can't argue with. And that is the skyrocketing appeal of one man. I'm just going to let the whole song play and then I'll pick it back up. No, no. Um, So obviously he has the promo back and forth on SmackDown with Miz. He has the match uh, with Miz. And listen, uh, at the pay-per-view and uh, Adam, I don't know if you know this, but like really a lot of times matches the mat, like the bell, to bell stuff in WWE doesn't really matter. You know? Uh, um, yeah, I noticed <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the match could have been cut by like four to six minutes. Um, but he's in the ring with Miz who is still looked at by WWE and WWE fans is a big deal. Uh, John Cena is in the ring as the special referee. They do the piece of business at the top of the ramp. Uh, where Cena raises LA Knight's hand points at him and says it's all yours and leaves him for his moment. I, I don't know how you could anoint a guy any more than that. You know, outside of beating Roman for the title, which I know ain't gonna happen. Um, and I don't believe nothing until I see a new opening for the SmackDown show, but if you go to the SmackDown page of, you know, like WWE, like when you go to like the different shows and everything at WWE.com, you go to SmackDown, Two people are front and center, Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight. Um, rumors going around this week that on, and I don't deal in a rumor and innuendo, um, but they always have a thing in WWE, like their internal documentation that says, like, here's our top three baby faces, and here's our top three heels and on each show, and here's our top three women, and here's our top three you know heels and faces for the women and stuff. And the current week, at, going into this week's SmackDown, L.A. Knight's the number one babyface on internal documentation on WWF. Hmm. But even more than, than the Nightmare Narcotic? On SmackDown. Oh, okay. I didn't forget. Yeah. SmackDown, Raw, right. Um, now, they are teasing because, um, you know, uh, Jay Uso went to Raw um, to kind of help extend that bloodline thing because the pl- the plan is to do Jimmy, to hold off Jimmy versus Jay until WrestleMania. Ugh. That's the plan, and the uh, right. You know what I mean. So, um, does does WWE realize they're allowed to have like big things happen other than in April? 
Um, like, <laughs> like you have three other quote unquote major pay per views plus a bunch of other ones. Like, j- j- not everything has to wait till WrestleMania. I don't That's know. So stupid. Go ahead. Fill it number thirty in the Rumble sounds kind of big to me, but I listen. Exactly. It's like you're not going to wait. And then he wins that, and then he beats Roman at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, and he finishes Cody's story for him. <laughs> Tell me when I'm telling lies. <laughs> um, so you know, so Jay is over on Raw, and I guess they did like a little bit that Adam Pearce said that to get uh, Jay from SmackDown to Raw. There's a big name coming from Raw over to SmackDown. Now, is that going to happen here this week? Because this week, I think, technically, is the, you know, again, it's WWF, so this shit doesn't really matter. But I think this Friday is the unofficial, official season premiere of SmackDown. Okay. So are they going to move Cody from Raw over to SmackDown? And then that's going to bump LA Knight down to number two babyface. I think that would hurt LA Knight a little bit. And that could sow some seeds of resentment toward Cody because everyone's behind L.A. Knight. Yeah. But who could the big name from Raw to come over be? I I, I don't know who's on Raw or SmackDown. I don't watch the show. Right. Flip-flop Cody and L.A. Knight. Have L.A. Knight go after Seth. Have Seth do a turn again. Have him be a heel. Mm. I think Seth right now needs to finish up the Nakamura program first. Seth needs Seth Seth needs to be as close to a babyface as possible until Survivor Series when they do him and Roman uh, title for title, champion for champion. Well, I mean to piggyback on what we talked about last week. I didn't watch the pay per view, but I assume Nakamura lost. So yeah. in my mind, that program's done. No, it'll 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 continue. I think they got at least one or two more between now and then. I think they just officially announced. Um, no mercy. Uh, for September thirtieth, and then Fast Lane is October seventh. Uh, WWE taking over Saturday pay per views, letting AEW have Sunday pay per views now. Yeah, get out of the way, right? <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, man. LA Night, you know. Hey, good for you. Happy for you. Yeah. I'll never see hardly any of it, but happy for you. <laughs> so, do you want to get into homework now for next week, or sure. do you want to get into phone calls? No, you know what? I'll let people know what your homework and my homework and everybody's homework is for next week. Obviously, it's been a little while, but Joe, I'm going to recommend or assign a homework that you'll like, that I'll like, that our listeners will like, because you've seen it. I've seen it. Pretty much every listener over the age of 35 to 40 has already seen it. In honor of Mr. Terry Funk, we are watching 1989's Roadhouse. Oh, look at that. Which is not available on any streaming, so we might have no? to dig through some bins and you know distribute copies of the DVDs out to our, our view, er, listeners. Uh, let me look here. When do you got subscriptions to? Uh, if you have Showtime, if you have Paramount or Paramount Plus, or if you have Fubo, you could get it uh, for free. Um, as or you could get it as part of your subscriptions for that. Um, is it? Does it still play around the clock on TBS? <laughs> well, there's boobs in it, so you got to watch the real version. That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> the, really the only way to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll kick around and see where I can find it. Yeah, like obviously I, I do a lot of doll safari, so I'll check the bins at Walmart. You know, 
Now I'll say uh, so. I'll say this. Um, while I have seen this movie, it's probably been a while since I've seen this movie. Oh, uh, it for me. I if this came out in '89, I might have last saw it in like '94, '95, somewhere around there. Okay. So it's going to be practically new to me. I remember some scenes, but I I, I don't remember much. You know. Okay. So it'll be it'll it'll be pretty much like new to me. Sure. So that that's a good one. I like that. You're not offending anyone with that. <laughs> not yet. Listen to the episode. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So hey, uh, let's get into phone calls. Hey. All right. All right. Gentlemen, this is Matt from the recently restarted Chicken Salad Podcast. Given a call this week. Hope all is well. Never heard of you. And we did release episode two this week with Ed Cody. Check it out um, in some locations that you can get your podcast. And at the end of the episode, we do lay down the challenge for Decker to go against Adam in episode number three. Uh, so, Adam, hopefully you can take time out of your very busy schedule to join us. Um, we do have a proposition that we're going to make on the air live because you're the draft show king. I am. You are the head of the draft board. Yeah. Uh, so you can have a bit higher difficulty of a draft. So please come join us. Um, look forward to hearing your response on the show. Have a good one. Hmm. Yeah, Adam. I'm looking forward to hearing your response. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, what are we going to do? Record an episode, then release it two months later? Like, is that the, that the plan? Uh, I mean, hold on. I'm going to do a live check. Uh, apparently, Matt says that Ed from Hayabusa, like the Ed, is on an episode of, what, what are they calling this thing? Like the A-Show 2.0? Chicken Salad. Chicken. Oh, what a terrible fucking name. Hold on. I'm on Google Podcast. Chicken Salad. Search. Uh, can't seem to find it. So, uh, as the draft show king, I only go on podcasts that exist. So I don't believe that this show really does exist. I, I will say this. I am the draft show king. I am the head of the draft show table. Is that what he said? Yes. Uh, I like that. I might, I, I'm going to trademark that. Um, I will accept the challenge if the podcast is available for the at odds listeners to, to find. So, uh, Tell Sleepy Decker to put the podcast on a podcatcher or, God forbid, an RSS feed. And once I see that happens, then we'll talk. But also, this is, this is uh, Adam. This show is Adults with Wrestling, correct? Uh, this is, yes. It's not WATP. Who are these podcasts? I don't know what that is, but no. Okay. <laughs> My name's not Carl. Your name's not Chris. All my teeth are straight. So, um, I, to play devil's advocate, Adam, yes. Uh -huh. um, Chris and Matt will tell you that their show is on Spotify. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a thing, but it's not like the thing. But, okay, now again, uh, devil's advocate again. I will say that more people are probably listening to podcasts on Spotify than they are on any other podcatcher around, right? What, millennials? God. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Now, if I could flip back, I listened to the episode with Ed on it. How'd you find it? Um, Ed sent me a link. Oh, all right. Um, 
and and I will say, um, on the show, Decker, um, whether it was a bit or not, is he very vehemently says that they are going to avoid um, putting the show out on an RSS feed where you can find it anywhere other than the person who's on the show sending you a Spotify link. My words, not his. Um, so I have to ask, why? Why are you, Matt and Chris, wasting your time and working and editing to do a well, podcast? There's not much editing. I mean, that well, listen, <laughs> that active that you are actively making it difficult for people to find. And then I ask you, Adam. Now I, I go on podcasts that are typically the same size as us or bigger. And I could count every podcast appearance that I've gone on. I, I could see a bump in our numbers. I could have people that reach out to me and say, oh, I heard you on X and I listened to your show. Why? I listened to you on X and I subscribe to your Patreon, right? Mm-hmm. If why you, Adam, would waste your time going on any show, not just this show, but any show, where the hosts of the show actively are contemptuous with their audience to make it difficult for them to find the show. Hmm. That's a fair question. But as I said, my, uh, my response stands, fix your distribution. And we'll talk until then. I am still undefeated on draft shows. There you go. Thanks for your call, Matt. Next call. Hello, my name is Tom. Welcome to At Odds with Wrestling. This past Sunday, I uh, there was an incident. I had to make the hardest decision of my life. And as of today, I have terminated my contract with the gout in my right foot effective immediately. I've been walking for 35 years. I've been wearing the shoes I was wearing for, I I have been for about four of those years. Never in all that time have I ever felt until Sunday that my security, my safety, my life was in danger while walking on my feet. I don't feel anyone should feel that way while they walk. I don't think the people I work with, the people around me, should feel that way. And I had to make a very difficult choice today. This incident was investigated by a orthopedic <laughs> committee within myself, as well as an outside pediatric council. I came to a mutual decision on this matter. I am sorry to anybody within my metacarsals, the metacarpals, or any other four-digit appendage that might be upset by this decision. I think we're going to have some great hikes going forward, some really good walks on the elliptical, maybe a treadmill or two. That's Rampage. Again, I apologize any part of my body that feels offended by this termination. Thank you, and enjoy the show. 
how did he say that whole thing with only blinking once? That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, I, I think you need to look at your diet. Um, I think if you eliminate a certain blue canned carbonated beverage from your diet, I think that'll help <laughs> uh, going forward. Um, I also think uh, maybe no more ice cream bars in your future. Uh, these are things that could certainly help. Um, when I talk to Smart Mark Gary at Steel Stacks next week, and I find out what brand of compression socks he wears, of course I will endorse those for you as well. Um, I think I go through bouts of that myself. Uh, obviously not as extreme as Tom does that he called into the show to <laughs> terminate. What's the what's the verb? Terminate with cause. Terminate with cause. Uh, the gout in his right foot. Mine's in my left foot. Um, so. You know, we're going to do that mirror spot like the doinks, right? <laughs> I think one of you should donate your good foot to the other one. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your call, Tom. Next call. Hey, guys. It's Ben Pasco, and football is back tonight. I do like fake sports, but I like real sports, too. So here's this week's question. What is the sports moment? And I'll include wrestling because wrestling is a fake sport, but it's more real than most things. Devastated you. The one that was the most. I hate everything. I'm never watching this again. Uh, for me, it's 2004 of the ALCS when the Yankees beat the shit out of the Red Sox. I was never going to watch them again. And I don't remember how that ended. I feel as though there might have been a comeback of some sort in multiple World Series championships. And I don't watch baseball anymore because it's too boring because, you know, my team won a bunch. So mm. I'll hang up and listen and take it on the podcast. It's the only place I can take it. Baba booey, baba booey. Oh. <laughs> and again, Adam, I apologize. He said something in code there at the end of the call. Uh, <laughs> that's indicative of a certain radio talk show host. Uh, we have them on both coasts. It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. Uh, but go ahead. You're uh... well. You you don't want to. Uh, you mention your your fake sport. Your your like non wrestling moment. Yeah. That broke the me. the baseball strike in '94. Oh, just that, like an entire. Okay, that's yeah. Because I was you know I was a football and baseball kid. Um, you know, a little bit of basketball. You know, I, I had like the te- like I was a big Charles Barkley fan. I kind of followed him. From the Sixers to the Suns, um, you know I, I I don't know if I've told this story before, but like obviously like a lot of my immediate friend group, um, you know pre COVID, um, not sports people, right? Mm-hmm. And we were at a party and th- somebody broke out um, th- uh, Trivial Pursuit the eighties edition, right? Okay, and everybody. Everybody at the party to a person was avoiding the sports category, except for me. You're the ringer. Okay. Because I knew all that stuff because I watched all they're like, they're like, you don't watch sports. How do you know any of this stuff? And I'm like, I watch sports from 1982 to 1994. Like, I watched sports. I consumed all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously I ended up replacing it with comic books and more wrestling and everything else like that. But when the baseball strike happened, it kind of just soured me for all of like Again, listen, all real sports where, you know, WF told me that they never go on strike. Mm. I'm <laughs> them. All right. All right. Um, uh, there's there's two like the jump out like immediately whenever somebody's like, oh, big sports disappointments, because like I've never cared if the Yankees lost a World Series or whatever. Um, so I don't really care about that. It's probably football and like it's 
Steelers losing Super Bowls. And I was probably too young to care a ton about them losing to the Cowboys, uh, even though it was on my birthday and that kind of stung. <laughs> but like, I don't think, I think I was more of a casual Steelers fan. Like I was young. I was just getting into it. That was probably 94. So I was 14. Um, but the last Steelers Super Bowl loss against the Packers, that one, that devastated me for a while because a, the Packers were a dog shit team who shouldn't have won that game. Uh, and B, uh, like, and people will fucking argue this, but like the Steelers did everything like Roethlisberger did everything he could to win that game. They were marching to the Packers end zone to win that goddamn game. And then Rashard Mendenhall fumbled it and just basically cost the team the fucking Super Bowl. So, uh, that I was bitter about that forever for a long time. Um, like I, I, I always just it was like one fucking fumble away from a goddamn Super Bowl, and uh, so yeah, I'm still kind of mad about it. But yeah, that whatever Super Bowl number that was, Steelers versus Packers, uh, when that supposed Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers won his one fucking Super Bowl, uh, that was the uh, that's the one that freaking sticks with me to this point. Getting fired up. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for the call, Ben. Uh, oh, you're gonna change the subject here. Next call. Hey there, Adam and Joe. What's the other JB here? Well, um, I don't think I need to leave much of a voicemail this week. I think, um, you know, this week has spoken for itself uh, with everything going on with me. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, when I get back there. So uh, it'll uh, it'll be an impression. Don't you worry. All right. But yeah. <sighs> I mean... Why'd you have to use real glass? They told you not to use real glass and you went against what they told you to do. Then you went out there and you flaunted it in front of people and said, cry me a river. So other JB, this is really on you. I have no sympathy. I I like the fact that Eric Bischoff of all people was like, he should be fired. He should be drummed out of the business. He's the one that caused all of these problems. Yeah. He wouldn't be wrestling for $50 if it wasn't for the fact that he's Luke Perry's kid. I don't know. I I, I, I think Jungle Boy's all right. Um, you know, they, they took a shot with the heel turn. You know, maybe, you know, there were extraneous circumstances involved. Um, I don't know. I think the kid still has potential. You know, I still think Sammy Guevara has potential. Um, I don't think these, these AEW project kids are... Um, you know, uh, completely unfixable. They're lost causes. I don't think they're lost causes. I don't think they're unfixable. But if I was them, I'd certainly be side-eyeing Nick Wayne every chance I get. <laughs> so other JB, go away, learn a new hold, come on back. Herm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, well, never mind. I'm not even going to say that. That's, that's uh, let's just say. Um, I don't know. Uh, is it, uh, somebody else can correct me. There was a an, an announcer... Um, let's just say I don't see Anna J on TV much either. Okay. I don't see Jungle Boy on TV. I assume they're just staying home. And I know if I'm staying home and Anna J's at my house, I don't know if I want to go to work either. <laughs> Somebody get that man an IV. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, I know you guys pretty well, but I don't know certain things like what classes you've taken in life, 
or, you know, how far you went in school or anything like that. Hard knocks. Um, <laughs> and I only have like basic intro stuff to this topic. I know basic. Thug well, uh, I am aware that there are certain personality types and certain ways to label people. And after thinking of the events of the past week and thinking of things in the past, uh, I got to believe that CM Punk would be labeled as a narcissist. You know, just everything about him revolving around him. And, and the worst part is that was there always time. seems to be problems <laughs> around him in his life. He's never the cause of it. It's never his fault. It's always someone else's fault. I think I got thinking, like, it would probably be very beneficial for most wrestling companies to have some sort of psychologist, therapist, someone with a doctorate in their title. to just Brit really Baker. take a good look <laughs> at some of these people. So, again, I'm not sure um, how much background either of you have in such a thing, but if you were a therapist and had someone come down and sit on your couch there, how would you label Bill? Mm. That's all. I think I'm done with him. Like, I was real close before, and I was willing to give a pass with this new AEW thing, but I'm done. This is not who I thought it was. This is not the person that I was a fan of forever ago. But I'll always be a fan of you guys, and a fan of finding out what's next only on the Patreon show. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Um, I have no training in it. I will say I am more of, I think I am a narcissist, so I would say Phil's more of a sociopath, but I could be wrong on all of that. What about you, Joe? So, um, World Wrestling Entertainment has ruined, um, what narcissist means to me. Phil does not have a mesomorphic body with only 3% body fat. Doesn't have that forearm shot. That Right, he might have, well. He might have 3% body fat, but he's also got about 3% muscle. Anyway, um, <laughs> he doesn't have the silver robe. He doesn't have the, f- the feathered hair. Um, the girls with the mirrors. Yeah. Now, and again, my, my level of training, Kevin, I jokingly said, like, I have street smarts. And the word on the street is that the clinical diagnosis for Phil is that boy fucked. <laughs> um, but... I wouldn't say narcissist, okay? And again, I don't know. There, there's the, the clinical term for it. Um, it's definitely he um, sees himself as the victim. He definitely sees um, nobody good enough to be with him. Um, and he like there's a lot of, like, those I allow to get in with me should appreciate how good it is that I allowed this small few in with me. And I'm sure that there is someone who has some clinical thoughts and clinical whatevers that could sit Phil down on the couch and give names to all those sort of things. But fixing those things can be done, but it takes a lot of work on all parts. And I can't see Phil as the type of guy to do that sort of thing. And I know I'm casting a lot of dispersions on him as someone who someone myself probably needs therapy of some kind. And my therapy is talking to a microphone three times a week and just blurting shit out and hope that by dumping it out of my big empty head <laughs> will help it not eat me alive from the inside. But then I still obsess on things that happened to me 35 years ago. So, again, who am I to judge anyone? We talked earlier, but I mean, there's probably one word or term that describes all those things you said about Phil. We just don't know exactly what it is. You know, I said Uh, on the streets, they said the boys fucked. Yeah, no, but I mean a a proper term. But uh, we talked earlier about there not being uh, 
like a head, like a like a John Laurinaitis, a Jim Ross, or whatever, a locker room leader, like Undertaker, or whatever, something in AEW. Uh, but what do you think? It's 2023. What do you think about not only AEW, but like even if it's WWE or whatever, saying like you probably have to put it in the new contracts that they sign, you know, when they renew, but being like, all right, you have to meet with a psychologist once a month. <sighs> and okay. it could just be like once a month for an hour and it could just be like, oh, hey, how's things going? Oh, fine. But you have to meet with them. And then it's like if something's bugging you, you vent it to the to the shrink and maybe they can teach you a constructive way to channel that and be like, well, listen, Phil, do you really think Hangman Page is trying to destroy you? Probably not. You know, so go. Why don't you say this to him? And maybe some of these issues could have been like avoid avoided. So WWE can't do that because the guys are independent contractors. All they could do is suggest, okay? Yeah. And they could have the uh, tools there for them. Have um, an on-the-clock, an on-the-company psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, that if someone requests it, that they could do it as part of their schedule, okay? Yeah, it doesn't count against, like, you're not late to TV because you're meeting with the psychologist or something. Right. Um, AEW, on the other hand, I definitely think that they should have something like that built in there, but you can't force people to do that is the problem. Even if they are problem people, even if they are exhibiting signs that could be detrimental to them and others, because of the way mental health works today, in, again, a positive way, you cannot force someone at their job to do that, sadly, until it's too late. Mm. Um, it has to be on the person to do so, but I think if AEW or WWE or whomever was more open about those tools that are available to them and tries to erase the stigma of them, and, you know, you look at going to see a psychiatrist in 2023 versus, you know, we talked about how wrestling has changed and how it's not 15 years ago, it's not 2001, it's not 1986, where those things had a much more stigma to them. They still have a stigma to them today, but nowhere near as much. Um, all that being said, to quote Ed, these are people that throw their heads at the ground for a living. So they're all fucked up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I don't think a psychiatrist can really do that if you've got like you're dealing with whatever concussion or post-concussion syndrome from being dropped on your head for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Right. Sure. Um you know, who's to say, like, maybe a psychiatrist can help you deal with the trauma and the pain that you're going through with that sort of thing. But you as the person need to be the one that takes that step, having the tools available to you. Again, this is all going in my 12 point plan that I'm emailing to Tony as soon as we're done here. I, I can't believe you can't find me like an assistant job for you. Like Once, an assistant to an assistant. I have to get in. I uh -huh. have to get I have to get vested. You need a team, though. No, I don't need a team. Yes, you do. No, because it, I, I, it buck stops with me, baby. There's only her. There's only one Titan in AEW, and that's me, the cowboy. Uh, I mean, uh, whatever. It's not fair. This is All not right. fair. You should have thought hope, of it first. I hope you don't get the job then. All right, fair enough. Yep. Adam, problem. I wasn't getting the job to begin with, but again, <laughs> you saying it now really means I'm not getting it. <laughs> Fine. Next call. All right, well, it's pink button time. Young Ed is called in. All right. Several times. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, it's 
uh, Sunday night um, at almost 8 o'clock, and um, instead of watching All Out, I uh, I played uh, Yo Noid uh, for NES, and I just played for a while um, Pokemon Emerald for the Game Boy Advance. Um, and I also made some chicken taquitos, and I'm getting ready to eat those, and I got a lemon water, and that'll be delicious as well. So I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I'm going to watch uh, some heat up. I'm going to catch up on some heat up later tonight. So that would be great. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, guys. Okay, bye. I'm I'm glad to hear he's doing great. I, I wonder what could have happened. Ed said that he called on Sunday. I wonder what could have happened that weekend that would have caused Ed to go into like some comfort things, playing old video games, <laughs> eating, you know, rich food and having a delicious lemon water or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Something bad happened Saturday. And anyway, you wouldn't I'm, know it from his uh, his positive outlook. Right. He sounds like he's doing great. Yeah. Next call. Hey, Joan Adam, it's bad. Um, so, I think I like wrestling again. All right. Um, I don't even think I'm mad about this punk stuff anymore. You know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, everything's just back to normal pretty much, right? Like, it took a minute, but I, I had to watch a lot of a lot of heat up. Uh, they did their... <laughs> They did their, their 10th anniversary show at Corkin in front of maybe 250 people, which is the most heat-up thing possible, and that fucking rocked. And then I've also been rereading Mick Foley's first book, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, this is I like wrestling. Uh, it just, you know, it was a company for him, because, you know, they're babies, and then Punk is, a, you know, he's Punk. And he's just, this is just you know, what he's going to do. Um, But, yeah. So my panel is no longer going to be me talking about how much I hate about wrestling. It's back. It's back to being about Japanese wrestling. So I'm, I want to plug it right now. If you're in the eastern Pennsylvania area around Poconos, uh, Friday at Colossal Con, at 11 p.m., uh, I'm doing a uh, Japanese wrestling panel about uh, weird Japanese wrestling shit. It's lit, guys. The real half of it is, is my favorite year of FMW. That's all I'm going to talk about. Um so if you can make it, that's great. Uh, if you can't, that's fine too. It's it's late, Joe. It's late. I get it. Don't worry. You're it's late. Um, but uh, I'm excited for that. So now I get to you know be in that mindset to get everything ready. I was I was packing last night while I did stuff. Um, because of my OCD, I'm sure I'll unpack it all, double check it, and repack it multiple times this week. Um, but you know. I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, uh, being, being, uh, being back into wrestling, you know, my wrestling that I enjoy. And then, you know, ClossoCon. I get to get drunk Friday and I go eat it. Uh, is it a Perkins or a Friendly's nearby there? I don't know. It's one of the two. But the lady made me an excellent drink to help cure a hangover last year. That was very nice of her. It was like a citrus thing, like a tea. This was, was warm. But I don't like tea, so I don't think it was tea. I don't know what it was. Uh, hopefully I see some of you guys Friday. Uh, okay, bye. The fascinating thing is between Twitter 
and these voicemails, we have seen Ed go through all five stages of grief when it comes right. to Phil. You know, <laughs> and see Ed uh, again. I I I can't imagine if Ed has a therapist or not. I'm not putting his business out there, but he's getting these feelings out by calling into our voicemail. So it's doing good, right? Yep. Bills in the mail. Yeah, social media could be good, and our voicemail could be good, and those sort of things. And again, I do feel bad. Again, I'm an old man. I can't be going out late at night on a Friday. I got to be up early on Saturday to do shit, you know. Um, I'm really sad that I'm missing this, but I will say this. Ed should get someone who's there to record his panel and, like, put it up on YouTube and charge people five bucks to watch it and make some money. Yeah. Because I can't be there. But if Ed said, if you give me $5, I'll send you the link to my Colossal Con panel, I absolutely would get it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'd throw in five bucks to watch right. it. Um, again, I'm, I'm helping. And this is my 12-point plan to Tony Con as well. There's ways to help monetize the stuff that you have out there, you know, or mm-hmm. the stuff that you're going to go do. And, you know, obviously Ed is very focused on his panel. Uh, but if you are going to Colossal Con, for whatever reason, this weekend, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a big anime convention. If you're an anime person, look for the cat girl in the Twice shirt. That's Ed. <laughs> Go say hi. Go say you enjoy Ed's phone calls on At Odds With Wrestling um, and tell him to stop dicking around and get me the proper PNG file so we can get Hayabusa shirts out there, right? Yeah. So hi- I... I, I learned um, this week, Adam, uh, listening to um, Chicken Salad, that Hayabusa might be a dirty thing. I didn't right. know that. Yeah, okay. I think it's like, it's yeah, it's like butt pussy. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right, all right, I see it now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Hayabusa, you know. Oh. I know Hayabusa. Yeah. We do have one more call from Ed if you have anything else, and it's the last call of the night. No, go ahead. Hey, Bill and Adam, it's Ed. So I'm packing currently for Colossal Con to leave in the morning, and I go in the Suzy Day Network or Discord, uh, sign up for the Patreon, you all can get in there too. There you go. And DJ uh, put up a video of a bear that was apparently in his backyard. Yeah. Is this yep. a thing? Yes, in oh yeah. That area of Pennsylvania, because it's it's definitely in my rider that I'm supposed to be protected from all wildlife, including bears and werewolves. So I'm going to have to have my manager make a call if there's going to be bears or werewolves. Um, very nervous now. Okay, bye. I, I remember when I was going over the contract, I distinctly remember the werewolves thing. Because I remember we were like, okay, yeah, no problem. Guaranteed. You won't want it to them. I don't remember there being bears discussed in the contract, though. Well, I will say this. Um, I, I very rarely listen to these calls in advance. I do get, like, the little email that comes through that as the transcript of things. And, you know, obviously I saw Ed's concern in the Discord. So I did reach out to Ed's legal counsel, Terry Skittles, who did fax me over a copy of Ed's contract. And Ed, I'm not sure if you've read the fine print on this, but it very specifically states in your contract any interactions with uh, bears, cubs, otters <laughs> are not covered under the rider that you've signed on to. So, again, this definitely sounds like something that you and Terry need to straighten out and maybe after Colossal Con weekend. Uh, that being said... 
Uh, that area, it is the Poconos. There are a lot of trees, but I think as long as you stay within the parts that are paved and well lit, you should be okay. Uh, DJ, uh, soon to be named Network North, is literally in the middle of the woods, and he has sculptures and statues of bears all around his house, as though he's attempting to lure them to his house. <laughs> so, again, I know this goes against what you signed with Terry Skittles, but paved areas, well-lit areas, and stay away from sculptures or statues or carvings or any sort of um, uh, representations of bears. Cubs and otters, that's between you and the security cameras. <laughs> I got nothing. That's All right. Good point. <laughs> All right. So, hey, uh, soon-to-be-named-network.com stuff. Uh, no tea public store sale this week. Uh, they did like a flash sale over the weekend for Labor Day that I missed out on because I'm a dope. But again, no. it like they sent it out like after we were done recording. It was like the second to the fourth, whatever. Um, but of course, Steel Stacks is next Saturday in Bethlehem as part of Music Fest. Um, the full card is more or less out there. Um, can I run down? I can't run down the the full card from memory, but I do have a picture of it here. Um, okay, so we have got, uh, and I think this might have even changed a bit. Um, Abby Jane, Harleen Lopez, Veda Scott in a triple threat. The Batiri and Ultimo Ant against Rex Lawless, Alpha Junior, and Havoc. Delirious and Frightmare against Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, and Matt Mikowski. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey against LSG, which is Leon St. Giovanni. Max the Impaler versus Delmi Exo. Club Soda, which is Puff and Jeff Cannonball taking on Lucky 13 and Brandon Kirk. The Lost Boys, who are like four, like, you know, Twinkie looking dudes that I'm sure I met <laughs> at least two of them, but I don't know for sure. Uh, taking on Mantila, Mantikla, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Newcomer and the three members of Cyberhawks. There's a third member that's been announced. I'm not sure. It's tough to follow these things on social media. But then in our main event, five-on-five five, uh, team, Avery Good himself, uh, Channing Thomas, Jakob Hammermeyer, Bojack, and Becca, accompanied to the ring by Sidney Bacabella, are taking on Team Big Dan uh, with the LVAC Mega powers of Cheeseburger and Edith Surreal, La Chica, uh, and again, I, I always put her in the notes as La Chica, and I always forget like her like other work and name, uh, and Wheeler Yuta of the Blackpool Combat Club, accompanied to the ring by Ultramantis Black. A jammed up, stacked up card. There's no bands, so there's eight matches. They're all big matches, and I would be remiss not to mention... Floor seating is sold out. Balcony seating is sold out. If you wait until after this weekend to purchase your tickets, the price goes up from $20 to $30 a ticket. It's $30 at the door. Buy your tickets now. Yeah, and the standing room spots are actually really good. That's where I stand. Like, I stood there last year for it, and it's not There's like... You're like yeah. 10 feet away from the ring. <laughs> right. There's not a bad seat in the place. There's not a bad standing place in the place, right? Yeah. Um, but the link for that is in the show notes, of course. And of course, you could certainly help out the show by making any and all of your eBay purchases through our eBay affiliate link 
when you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase. This can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. All right. This is the part where I talk about other podcasts, right? Correct. All right, those other podcasts that you should listen to, maybe if you're on your way to ColossalCon, is Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hi, You Bussy, and Final Wrestling Place. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> uh, Marcus, uh, again, Tim was very nice to sit out so we got a clean cut of that. Uh, yep. That is added onto the uh, the board uh, going forward. But again, I would be foolish if I didn't also play this. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. Can I, can I hear? Can you do me a favor? Can you play the new one? Because I feel like I wasn't expecting the new one, so I didn't appreciate it. Go ahead. Okay, I'll play that one more time. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. Right. <laughs> I, wait, you know what? I think it broke up at the end. One more time. Just, right. just one more. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> All right. Perfect. I heard it good that time. Perfect. But now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> I forgot to say goodbye to Ed before we went to weekly purchases. That's going to be my new thing. Oh, well, again, listen, I, I did a tease that I'll definitely try to get Ed hooked in to listen because it does directly i guess uh involve uh someone that he took a picture with oh all right well you know what i'll bang out i have joe probably uh, uh one of the largest number of purchases so, but i'm gonna go quick through a couple of them all right um and then i'll send it over to you and you can get to whatever it is you're talking about it um if you're in our discord a lot of this stuff is like old hat because i've been revealing my purchases more and more in the discord so go do that if you're into those things but i was on a target run and i ran into uh, a sweet brucey target legends elite and they were on sale for like 13 bucks and i had passed on it when it was brand new but i was like ah for 13 bucks i can have a little brother love in my house i would like a large brother love in my house <laughs> But yeah, so I had to grab that. And in the major group, um, somebody put up that they had found basically like eight Rob Van Dam and Brock Lesnar Ruthless Aggression Ultimates for sale. And he was selling them for cost plus shipping. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I've bought from this guy before. I'll just buy them because I've, been, I've had no luck finding either of those. So I claimed a set, uh, paid them. And the next day, I did find a Brock in the wild, uh, which is exactly my luck. But I do have uh, an RVD and a Brock Lesnar Ultimate on their way. So have um, the dis 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 distribution problems been solved in our area? No, it's just uh, like for that guy, that guy might, he, like I said, he found 
something like eight of each. And I went to uh, my Walmart and there was like a Brock or there was two Brocks. So I wouldn't say that that's solved either there. There one area is getting way more than another area, or there's just way more flippers and scalpers in this area, which is a possibility. And they're just like scooping them all up. I don't know, but there's definitely areas that get more in my opinion. All Plus, right. Like, the entire, like, the entire country not like outside of northeastern pa has gotten like the recall on all the AEW figures where they sent back all the chuck taylors and the rehos and they like replaced it with all the new ones and that definitely hasn't happened in our area so i feel like there's a bias against our our area when it comes to figs what was that deal that i saw a bunch of targets had like that special AEW box that was sent to them that said do not open until september 1st so and I actually have some knowledge about this more so than like a lot of the toy groups or uh, because I've recently worked in importing and exporting, AKA retail. Uh, Anderson is the company that was listed on the box. And that's like a third party that is not hired by target or by like Walmart or whatever. It's hired by the manufacturer in this case, Jazzwares, where it's like product is sent into the store and with a specific plan. And in this case, it's pull all the old stuff, put out the new stuff and uh, the reason why they they hire third parties to do it is they basically I assume AEW Jazzwares or Jazzwares Vault or whatever is going to do something with those figures that they're pulling. So like they have a third party go and they set the display. They're like, okay, this store is good. Where I'm at, you know, I'm at Walmart in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Whatever. Here's a picture. My work is done. I email to the company, and now we're I take all those old figures and I send them wherever I'm supposed to be sent. Maybe they're being sent to be destroyed, like Funko did. Maybe they're being donated, or maybe they're just going to put them up on Jazzwares Vault and be like, "Hey, ten dollars or whatever." I don't know what the plan is, but yeah, basically third party vendors. Uh, are utilized a lot, whether it be to set up displays or to like set planograms, like rearranging product, that kind of stuff. But uh, a lot of times when you go to a store, like I'd say 70%, 60% of the displays are set up by a third party like Anderson. Gotcha. There's your retail. Yeah, it's just that I saw people put the pictures out. I'm like, ooh, new product is coming finally, you know, but... Yeah, and that's the the one that's coming out that's supposed to be replacing all the peg warmers. That's the one that has the suited Brody Lee, uh, the 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 Malachi Black with the antlers. Like, there's a lot of good figures in there uh, that I've been clocking because I want the Brody. But uh, our area just, I, I, it's not like oh I missed it. They put them out. It, because I'm still seeing the shit that was supposed to be pulled. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the the Hangman Page uh, Walmart exclusive. I'm still seeing uh, Nyla Jack or Nyla Rose, you know. But what did you buy, Joe? Well, uh, Adam, I finally broke down. Um, you know, I've only had my new phone here for less than a year, maybe right around a year, maybe. Um, but the charging cable for my phone has seen better days. Um, it had about four spots that I electrical taped it back together. <laughs> um, but again, doing a lot of traveling, a lot of long time out with, uh, pokey walks, um, Pokemon community days and so forth. My cable has really taken a beating and it's more electrical tape, uh, than cord at this point. 
Um, and I really think that that is why when we're out and about using our um, our portable batteries, things that my phone doesn't charge as fast as my wife or my son's phone. So I broke down, Adam. I spent the six dollars <laughs> and I bought myself a new cord for my phone. Congratulations, Joe. <laughs> All right. Um, I do have one other purchase, and we'll get to it later if you'd like. Yeah, we'll get to that. I got, I got a couple. I got a lot more. Uh, <laughs> I got a dozen more, at least. Uh, I'm going to be quick about these. There was – the only reason I, – normally I don't include these in the stories or in the, the weekly purchases, but it's an interesting story. Um, GameStop, a lot of times they do Funko mystery boxes where it's like, hey, buy this box, you're going to get two Funkos inside of it, and it could be any one of these five Funkos, for example. You know what I'm saying? And they're themed. Okay. So, like a year ago, they did a Mandalorian-themed one, where there was four potential pops that you could get inside the box, but I only wanted one of them. So, like, I went and I bought one of the boxes, I struck out, I bought another one of the boxes, I struck out, and I said, fuck it, and I went and bought the one I wanted on eBay, you know? <laughs> and then I flipped all the individual pieces, yada, yada, because I had bad luck. So I was like, never again will I fall victim to this scam, this opportunity. But GameStop announced another Star Wars Mandalorian Funko Pop mystery box, and there was a Mandalorian Funko where he has the dark saber. Joe, he has the dark saber, and I needed that. <laughs> so they retail these mystery boxes thirty five bucks, and I'm like, I'm not paying thirty five dollars on a chance. I'm gonna get the one I want. So I was watching on eBay. I'm just like, all right, I'll pay thirty forty bucks for the one, but at least I know I'm getting the one I want. Does that make sense? Yeah, again, not a gambler at heart, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm watching them on eBay. I'm, you know, I have a couple there they're on my watch list. They're going for 40, they're going for 50. I'm like, I'll wait till they go down in price. Uh, and then I don't know if it was Paterni or one of the Funko things I follow. It said, Hey, GameStop is running a deal this weekend or this week for the holiday, and all Funkos are X amount off. And that mystery box that was 35 bucks was on sale for 20 So I was like, all right, I'll roll the dice at 20 So I ordered two of them uh, for store pickup online. And long story short, I went to the store, went to pick them up. And the guy's like, oh, I can't believe that these are like on sale for that price. I was like, yeah, that's co- it's cool, whatever. I was like, I really just want the Mandalorian one. You know, I was like, I saw a guy have bad luck with these. So he's like, all right, well, how about you just go ahead and open one of the boxes and see how you do? And I opened the one box and it didn't have the Mandalorian in it. So he's like, all right, well, well, I'll take that one. And he just replaced it with another one. And he's like, I can only do it once. But he's like, go ahead, take off. So he basically eliminated one of my bad roles, so to speak. And then I went home and I opened the box. I did get a Mandalorian in one of the two boxes. And then duds in the other ones, but uh, I'm going to sell them on eBay. But I got the Mandalorian pop, and it's just cool that like I had a GameStop employee that was just like, eh, you opened it already, but I don't care. I'll return it. You know? Yeah, I'll look the other way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I will say I may, I may be a Lucy boy now, Joe. I might Uh-oh. be changing my entire collecting, collecting mentality because I went to Ollie's. And they had uh, the Coronation Starscream figures that retailed 50 bucks. And yes, they are collecting dust at literally every Walmart or Target you go to. But Ollie's had them for 15 And I was like, ooh, if there was ever a Star Wars, or a Transformers figure that I'd love to, to 
not play with, Joe. I'm an adult collector. I would display it in a mm. uh, yes, not play with. But if there's ever one I'd like to like hold in my hand and pose in a cool way, especially considering it's in a windowless box, I was like, it would have been that coronation King Starscream figure. So I bought it for 15 bucks. I opened I opened my first Transformer since I was like eight or nine or whatever. Uh earlier today like hours before the recording and uh i was it was a very cool experience i didn't transform it i just wanted to put the cape and the crown on them but i might transform it later it does look really cool i will say that um i i did that you know many 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 years ago i had bought like the first let's say four or five waves of the spawn figures uh and i kept them all mint in box and then just one day i'm like why the fuck do i just have these things in boxes just sitting in my room and i opened up everything yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously you already have this Starscream. You were able to pick up a second one uh, at a very good price. So I don't think you're going to go full Lucy, uh, but I definitely think you're going to become bargain Lucy. <laughs> I, I might be. Like, I go to Tsunami Name Network North. DJ has an Eddie Kingston with the New Japan Strong Belt on. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that because all my figures are in plastic. Well, I bought a, I bought two Eddie Kingstons, you know, one to play with. I mean, <laughs> display. Yes. And then the other one to hang on my wall, you know? Yeah. So I, I might have to start looking into that. I think uh, I won't go full Lucy, but I, could, I, I like what you say there. Bargain Lucy, you know, get a double. One to keep right. sealed, mint, look it over the jeweler's loop. And then one to to play with. I mean, to to put on a shelf. Exactly. All right, what'd you buy, Joe? So, um, every year, um, uh, in conjunction with uh, the Chicago area Out of the Darkness Walk fundraiser, uh, Karen, somebody who I've never met in my entire life, uh, her social media is Care, K-A-R-E, Bear, uh, like the one that's going to get Ed this weekend, (laughs) 524. Um, she, like I said, someone I never knew, but she and I had in common a friendship with, uh, Alex Wybrow, who a lot of people knew as Larry Sweeney. And every year she would walk in the out of the darkness walk, uh, which is for the American foundation for suicide prevention. And every year I would donate. Um, I've been doing this every year that she's been doing it, which is many, many years. However, this year, she's doing something a little bit different for it. Um, she, th- and I'll, I'll put the link for this in the show notes, uh, they're doing a um, Larry Sweeney American Foundation for Suicide Prevention shirt. Um, the front says 12 large, and it has the star pattern like Larry had on his tights. And then it has on the back uh, for the American Foundation Suicide Prevention, and it has like a mock-up of, uh, you know, a title for 2013, uh, 2023. Um, you know, the money, and again, like, it's no more or less than what you would get from a shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees, if that's where you buy your shirts. Tee Public, when you buy stuff from us, or if you buy from, like, all these boutique folks that do, like, knockoffs of, you know, old-school shirts and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll have the link, like I said, in the show notes, but you can get it in a couple different colors. They have a bunch of different designs that you can get with it, you know, a hoodie or long sleeve or anything like that. And, you know, they have up to uh, fat fuck sizes for me, you know. Um, <laughs> Did now, you order two to sew together? No, because they have a fat fuck size, so I can get it, right? Okay. Um, so it's only good for another about three weeks, right? Um so, like I said, if this is something that you want to do, if you want to, you know, show 
your support, your fandom of Alex, Larry Sweeney, if you want to support Karen and what she's doing. Um, and, you know, there's an option if you don't want the shirt, of course, that you could just donate straight up um, if that's what you would like to do. Um, you know, obviously, I usually don't. And again, I got no problem. I'm no like whatever, but I would usually donate about 25 bucks every year. The shirt with shipping and everything else was like 33. So I'm paying a little bit more. She's sadly getting a little bit less out of my money. Um, but I'm going to have, uh, something to further, uh, remember Alex by, um, you know, and if you didn't pick it up, you're not going to pick it up. You don't want to donate whatever it is. You know, I tweeted a bunch, um, quote tweeted a bunch, you know, just find my tweet, send it out, you know, just share it. Maybe somebody else will see it who didn't know what was going on, you know? Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Um, I made a purchase and I immediately regretted it. And I'm kind of thinking about purging an entire section of my collection because of it. Oh no. Uh, I bought and I, I, it's not like it was a surprise. I knew it was coming and I was actually asking, Hey, people give me a heads up when it goes up for pre-order, but I bought the one of 3000 shop AEW hangman page figure. Oh, okay. Because I've bought all of the pay-per-view exclusive figures. Like I have the Jericho, I have the Moxley, I have the, uh, hot Goldberg. I have the MJF. I have there there have the Sheeta. I have every single one of them. Uh, I think Kenny Omega. Um, but the last two, like there was an MJF, and I want to say there was a Sheeta, and they actually for once were like, "Hey, we're gonna like give you a, a repaint because previous to that they were all the exact same figure with just a T-shirt thrown in." And it was getting old with, with the MJF. They were like, all right, we're actually going to give you a unique figure that you can only get in this form. Uh, so a lot of people that collected these were like, well, that's cool. At least they're they're listening to our complaints and they're giving us a unique figure. Um, so fast forward to All In Weekend, there was that like debacle where they put the one of 1,000 Jamie Hayter up for order and like – like they didn't have a quantity limit and they just let people buy like 20 of them or whatever. And they were gone in a half a second, even though pro wrestling tees claims that they're going to cancel those orders and put them up for sale again. If there's only a thousand, I'm not getting one. It's just, it's going to be impossible. And then this hangman comes up and it's one of 3000. I'm like, okay, no problem. I order it. And then after I order it, I realize that this is the fourth time that the exact same Hangman figure has been sold by Jazzwares. <laughs> it is his second figure, and I don't know the the like the line on Match or Unrivaled, but it's the second figure. If you ever saw it in toy stores, it's the one that has the bandana over his face, and he has the beer, uh, like not cup, uh, like jug beer. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's like in the black like um, vest, like the black with the white trim vest. Yeah, it's a beer pitcher is what I, the word I was trying to get out of my uh, mouth. It's also the same exact fig that was sold with a ring. Uh, and it was also sold as a two-pack with John Moxley as an Amazon exclusive. So it's just the same figure over and over and over and over again. And I love the packaging. You know, I think it's cool. If you're a Hangman fan, you need this because it's it's the most Hangman-ish packaging that they've ever had. But in my mind, I was like, oh, if I'm only going to have a MJF figure, it's going to be this, like, 
pay-per-view exclusive one. If I only have one hot Goldberg, it's going to be this one. But the fact that they're, they're, it's such a half-assing of like, let's take a figure that was warming pegs two years ago. And that's not a knock on Hangman, but it's just like a figure that nobody wanted because we made millions of them. And let's throw a one of 3000 sticker and make a quick soft goods thing. And you like ask 50 bucks for it after shipping. Like, I think I'm done. Like, I kind of want to sell. Like, I'm not at all stopping collecting wrestling figures or AEW figures. Trust me, I'm going to talk about more in a minute. But, like, I feel like this whole collecting the pay-per-view specific, uh, like, chases, quote-unquote, it's got to end because it's they're shitty figures and they're super expensive. And then you have the occasional one like the Jamie Hayter that you just can't get. Yeah, the Jamie Hayter one, I remember, that one sucks. That one happened, like, early, and there was even no, like, you weren't awake when that happened. Yeah, so, it was, like, like 9 were... o'clock in the morning, because it was, like, later in England. Right, right. Um, I guess, so, the the plan is going to be to be more mindful when they say something is an exclusive to do maybe just a scratch more digging. Now, I'll ask, is this one at 3,000 sold out? Uh, I can find out in two seconds, because I will tell you... Um, the, the very first one was Jericho, and that sold out in like five minutes. Uh, and then the second one was either Mox or Omega. I feel like it was Omega, and that sold out in like a couple hours. And then after that, every single one of them would sit for like days on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until the MJF that they had another sellout. Because um, I remember the Sheeta... They had that for months. Like they had to put that on clearance, which sucks because she is awesome. You know, uh, I am on Shop AEW and it is still available. Mm. Because again, I mean, if you're a Hangman fan, awesome, buy it. If you are someone like me that was buying all of these, you know, whatever, I bought one. But if you're a wrestling figure collector, it's it like there's nothing unique about this figure. It's the same fucking figure with less yeah. accessories. Than the previous iterations. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, and they they're do trying. Sure. What's that? They're trying. They're trying to recoup their loss on some of these things, you know. Yeah, which is what makes me think that, like I mentioned before, like Anderson pulling the figures. Like, how much do you want to bet that that like street clothes hangman that's a Walmart exclusive that they're pulling by the thousand doesn't get thrown in some multi pack somewhere? Like they're literally recycling figures. Yeah, that. Ugh. That's that's well above my pay grade and care level, you know? Yeah. I just, I wouldn't doubt it, you know? Yeah. Um, one more thing, and I'll throw it over to you. Speaking of waking up early, something I don't do, um, I mentioned a long time ago that I got super FOMO and upset with myself that I didn't end up pre-ordering the Logan Paul Ultimate Edition. Right. Because uh, I remember when it first had like a two week pre order or a month pre order, I was like, ah, I got to stop with these things. You know, I can't pre order everything. And then as soon as the window closed, I saw that they were like selling for like hundreds of dollars on the secondary market. And then I was like, oh, I want one. Uh, so I never got an opportunity to pre order one. And I've been waiting, hoping that either A, Ringside puts them up like they did with the Cody. If you remember the ultimate Cody Rhodes, that like was a similar thing with a pre-order uh, ringside, put them up with a $20 suckers premium after they got their batch in. Uh, so I said to myself, well, if I have to pay a $20 uh, like idiots fee uh, to for not pre-ordering it, I'd be happy to do it. 
but ringside has not yet put any up for sale so maybe they will eventually maybe they won't i don't know but i woke up I probably got up early a couple days ago, so I probably woke up at like 11.40, maybe at noon. You know, got up early. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm ripping a heater. I'm drinking a coffee. I'm looking at Facebook, and I see a post from somebody in the major group saying that the Logan Paul was up on WWE shop, uh, like for sale at retail. But I look at the thing, and it says it was at like 9 a.m. the guy posted it. So I look at the comments – and they're all like, oh, gone, didn't last long, sold out, damn, just missed it, all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. So I click on the link anyways because I'm curious, like, did they up the price of it or is it the same price as it was uh, from Mattel Creations? Sure. And I click on the site and it's $54.99. Uh, I'm sorry, $49.99, I think. Yeah, $49.99. And it said sold out. And for whatever reason, I hit refresh and it said one available. <laughs> what? Yeah, and this is at like noon. I just hit refresh once. It said one available. I added it to my cart. I must have checked out so freaking quick because I accidentally, they default to expedited shipping for 15 bucks. I mentioned that uh, last week when I bought my LA Night shirt. It yep. defaults to like whatever the highest shipping is. Yep. Yeah. It defaulted to expedited shipping and I didn't catch it because I wanted to like check out so goddamn quickly and it went through and... After that, I hit like after I got the order confirmation, I hit refresh just to see, oh, is this the opportunity where it always says one left? Uh, and I hit refresh, and nope, it's it stayed sold out uh, because I know somebody that I was supposed to give the Iggy if I saw one. Uh, and then like an hour later, I got a shipping notification, and I was actually at uh, soon to be named Network North with you guys when like my ring doorbell went off at like nine o'clock at night on a Sunday, and that's when it was delivered. So it came, and I paid retail plus plus fifteen dollars like idiots fee for not checking as I was checking out, but still less than what it was in the secondary market, right? Yeah, I, I haven't checked in a while. I know people on eBay were like asked. It was like two three hundred bucks for the figure um i know it's come down a lot recently because people are starting to sell it in the major group um, right but like we're still talking over a hundred you know but, and, and but so you're even with the expedited shipping you're still over the hunt you're under the hundred that it's currently selling at oh yeah i paid like 65 ish you know yeah. which is like 50 for the figure and 15 for for shipping and but i really like once i saw that figure i was like oh that's cool as hell and he's like i've mentioned before i think he's a great heel you know have they done a Bad Bunny figure yet? I feel like they either they announced or they showed a render or something of uh, of an elite for him. But it hasn't gone on sale or pre-order or no. anything like that yet. No, either I'm completely making it up or there was a San Diego Comic-Con render. But it's definitely not like available. And like that's another one that we'll, they'll sell billions of, you know? That might be one... Um, type figure, add figure to your search. Is it like elite and bad money? Like, yeah, leave me alone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how Bing works, you know? So, so that there's people that's a custom, custom, custom. No, nothing. Okay. So maybe I'm just hallucinating that. Yeah. I don't know. I certainly hope, um, that they certainly do, um, something. Oh. I mean, if if he allows it, I'm sure they would want to. I mean, yeah, they want to print money, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I needed that Logan Paul. I got it for basically retail and 
a little extra on shipping. But it's just funny that like I, I literally saw the post hours after people were saying that it was sold out and just one quick refresh. I got it, you know? I would have went and listen. I'm not that type of guy. I don't. I don't believe in that sort of stuff. But I would have went and pay, played the lottery that day. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I didn't pay the lot, buy a lottery ticket when I found that Jericho chase, that was my opportunity. There you go. Oop, there's that word again. Yep. Did you buy anything else, Joe? Nope. That's it for me. Do you got anything else? I, I do. <laughs> All right. You finish up. You let me know when you're done, and I got my story to tell. All right. I'll be very, very quick. I pre-ordered the ringside exclusive acclaimed three pack. All right, yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've uh, ordered anything from Ringside, uh, and, but this one uh, because hey, it's the acclaimed and it's awesome. Everybody loves the acclaimed, and the the price point got free shipping, so I didn't have to like do the dance of like which is better, ten percent off or free shipping. It was just it was it was worth it to just order it. Uh, so I ordered that, and lastly, I not only managed to order one of. But I went back for seconds because I thought to myself, self, this might be a rare figure. So I bought two of the Amazon exclusive one of 3000 Orange Cassidy Wardlow MGF Thunder Rosa box sets. Now, that's crazy. That First of all, that's I don't you know, I, I'm buying that. and I'm throwing three figures away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it's OC with the um, all Atlantic title. Uh, I, they said on the major pod, I didn't take a good look at it. And I honestly wouldn't know without like zooming in extremely, um, that the POC that's coming out in stores has the all Atlantic. And this is the first international belt did. Um, and again, did you listen to this week's, uh, Broski and Hawkins show? That's where they said it. Yeah. Okay. Because wasn't D freedom saying that the POC is canceled. Oh, okay. Then this, yeah, I guess maybe whatever this is, this is the first, though, um, my understanding was that one was the Atlantic and one was the International, but I don't know. But gotcha. it's the first time that belt or some version, I guess, is going to be in stores. Now, that four-pack, that limited one of 3,000, that sold out. That's done. Yeah, like they were saying, I can't imagine that 3,000 of them sold out in five minutes or whatever it was. First of all, it was like 40 minutes because I was messaging a lot of people about it. I tried to give you the Iggy about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I've seen one of 3,000 shop AEW figures sell out in a couple of minutes. So why with the star power of like at least two of the people in this box set, uh, you're going to tell me that there's not 3,000 MJF, Orange Cassidy Wardlow and Thunder Rosa figure fans, you know, so I, I maybe some orders get canceled and a couple get popped up or something like a credit card doesn't go through. But I can't imagine that they're going to be that they only put up like half of them or a quarter of them. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Now, did they say what the shipping date is on that or uh, it currently says November 6th? Okay. Um, cause I remember I ordered one and then I messaged like you, I messaged a bunch of people. I put it in the soon to be named network discord. Um, and then I kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, Amazon sometimes cancels orders and maybe like, you know, one of them gets damaged. Cause you know how I am. I was like, I don't want one of them that's banged up. So I was like, I better order a second one just so I can like cover my bases where, where like one of them has a ding corner. So I ordered the second one, 
And I think you messaged me like, oh, I'm mowing my lawn. And I looked again because I was like, oh, I should have ordered a third one. (laughs) And they were sold out then. And so I think like a good 40 minutes had gone by. But I almost bought a third one. Yeah. I definitely would have flipped or gotten, you know, passed along the third one. But I I don't know. I have two of every Orange Cassidy figure. And I was like glad to have two of these. Even though. Yeah. You're you're the Michael Jordan of uh, Orange Cassidy figure collecting. So you had to get this. I do. I'm not going to have a Lucy, though, even though we talked about having doubles to do one loose. Uh, I'll open up a, a, a basic like Orange Cassidy, not this one. Right. Uh, but that's it. Uh, that Those are all my purchases. But I do want to actually send you a link of something, and I swear oh. I'm done after this. Okay. So I, the other day, I'm just minding my own business. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm playing Grand Theft Auto or doing something like that. And friend of the show and patron Derek sends me this link. I'm sending it to you in the chat. And he says, did you see this? As you go to your thing there. Oh, you got to click on that and you got to play the video for our audience and for you. If okay. the website loads, it's one of the images or there you go. Today's coin is the most recent release in our Transformers series. This is Soundwave, as seen in the 1984 series, the Transformers. This coin is one ounce of silver. It comes in a branded package licensed by Hasbro. Ooh. The back of the pack contains beautiful imagery, your certificate of authenticity, and your coin's unique number within the mintage. On the inside of the box, the specifications note this is 999 fine silver, with a weight of one ounce, a 2023 year of issue, and a mintage of just 3,000. Do you you have those gloves? This coin is the (laughs) release in this Transformers series. The powerful design includes color, frosted engraving, and a mirror finish. On the obverse, the public seal of Norway confirms this is legal tender. Again, there is a mintage of only 3,000 of these coins. Be sure to nab one quick. I need one, don't I? It's available on our website. Well, do you see this up here now? Do you need that one too? I, I don't because I I, I am a, a Soundwave collector. Like I, I I'm borderline completist of like Soundwave G1 styled stuff. Uh, even so, but those are all like figures, and maybe I've bridged out into like pins. And but I'm like, I do I need a a Soundwave one ounce silver coin minted from like New Zealand? it's kind of cool. Like I love the box and like, again, I would have been perfectly content not knowing that this thing existed, but that friggin' mental terrorist enabler, Derek sent it to me. And now it's all I've thought about since then. I have not ordered one though. Okay. It's so cool looking. The box is so cool. And they don't have any of the other transformers, by the way, Uh, like the Starscream, the optimist, there was a Megatron. I looked, Uh, they're not available anymore. Okay. Um, I will say no. The box is really cool. I don't like the coin. No. The, the coin itself, I think that ni- the huge 1984 on there is gaudy. And I feel as though if it was like more of a, a non-fully colored engraving on the coin mm. without the 1984, I think that would make it look more like a coin as opposed to a collectible. Does that make sense? 
I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it doesn't, despite the fact that it's supposedly his legal tender from wherever the heck Yahweh sure. is, like, I get that it doesn't look like a coin, other than the fact that it's a cylindrical piece of metal. Um, but I actually like the design. I don't, like, the 84 doesn't bother me. Yeah, just it's it's too big, I think. I think if it was smaller, um, and I re- the box is amazing. I love the box. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I'd look at it once, I'd take a picture of it, and then it would just be in the box forever. And that's the best part. Now, I only, I'm only afraid for you that this could make you become a coin guy. I'm already like an antique coin guy. Right, and that's the thing. I have a bunch of coins I actually been meaning to go over with you, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, yeah, this was dirty of Derek to send to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some would say even devilish. Um, but I'll say no, unless he wants to get it for you as a gift. I say this, Adam. I don't know who you have in your life, what you have in your life that gets you gifts, right? Mm -hmm. But if you say, hey, somebody's looking to buy me something, buy me this. Because I think this would make a nice gift for Adam, but it wouldn't make a nice purchase for Adam. All right, I like that. Yeah. All right. I, 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 uh... It is $24 worth of silver, though. I did the math on that, too. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe I'll pump the brakes on this. But I just wanted to show you that just so you could see what I went through the last couple of days. All right. I can imagine how that tore you apart. It did. All right. But that's it for me, Joe. I've gone on way too long. What do you got for us? All right. So, um, Adam, do you know who Ryan Satin is? I do know who Ryan Satin is. Do you know my history with Ryan Satin? Uh, little bits and pieces. I assume you're blocked. I am okay. I am absolutely blocked. So the way that I was blocked by Ryan Satin was Ryan Satin was one of those people. Um, he was Sean Ross Sapp before Sean Ross Sapp was Sean Ross Sapp, right? Yeah. Um, many years ago, um, somebody had said, "Oh, he's going to go to a PWG show and buy everyone pizza again." Uh, somebody then said, "I hope when they go." Uh, he accidentally gets a beer spilled on him. And I had jokingly said, and very clearly this is jokingly, I go, I hope when he goes to the PWG show, somebody spills a glass of acid on him. <laughs> so then I get his girlfriend, now his wife or fiance or whatever it is, she's in my mention saying, how dare I tell people to do this to him? Now, Adam... Going to a wrestling, going to a live wrestling show. You're bringing a vat of acid with you. <laughs> Usually not. No, that's Usually probably, not. But there's yeah, a chance. There's a chance. You know, it's like it's like that same thirty percent chance of Punk going to uh, Impact, right? <laughs> yeah. It's very clearly supposed to be funny. Very clearly supposed to be a joke. She's biting back at me. She's telling me because like at the time it was a picture of me and Asa in my profile. She's telling me I'm a bad parent. All this other crazy shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then I don't even get a chance to respond to her or to him, and I'm blocked by both, right? He then, through Fox News, Fox Sports, Fox Sports ends up becoming a hired, paid WWE shill, okay? Yeah. And that's where he's been for the last five years. Well, apparently he is not renewing his contract with Fox this week, they're not renewing his contract with him. I don't know what it is, but it looks as though he's no longer going to be an on-the-clock paid WWE shill. 
And he has been this week unblocking a lot of the people that he's previously blocked. People that said way worse shit than I said to him, right? Mm-hmm. Doxy being one of them. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So I've checked already twice today to see if I've been unblocked by Ryan Satin. And I'm going to check live on the air to see if I have been unblocked by Ryan Satin. You're going to find out with me, Adam. All right. What do you think? Do you think he's unblocked me or do you think I'm still blocked? I, If I had a gamble, I'd say you're still blocked. And I am still blocked. Because <laughs> yeah. if there's one thing I know... I've learned. I've heard direct from the horse's mouth. You're just mean, Joe. That uh, is true. I am mean. <laughs> so uh, you know, I would expect that you would be one of the last ones to get unblocked. Right. You say mean. I say uh, I don't take no guff. Yeah. <laughs> and I just looked just to see if I. Sometimes you catch a block just for liking a tweet. Uh, yeah. I am not blocked. So oh. if you need any news. <laughs> Nah, he, he ain't got much news these days. Um, and I'm sure his five years in the corporate machine, he's dried up a lot of the... Uh, well, uh, Jimmy Jacobs was one of his stooges, so we'll see. <laughs> um, eh, that'll be interesting, because Jimmy Jacobs was hired to be, like, a collision agent. Okay. Specifically at the behest of Phil. Uh, so it'll be... in Anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know, but the, the, I will update you, the listeners, if and when Ryan Satin unblocks me. I'm going to guess, with all the people that he's unblocking, I'm somehow going to be overlooked, and I'm quite alright by that. I just think it's very funny when uh, I'm blocked by someone, and, or when somebody blocks someone, and then they go and unblock them. Yeah, like, you've served your sentence, you're welcome back. Or you know? for whatever the reason that they do so is. Yeah. Now, I will say, if and when I get hired by AEW, I am going to make the box uh, unblock me. Will you have Jericho unblock me? You know what? I'll have Jericho unblock you. That's what I'll give you. All right. I'll take it. That's much better than continued employment. (laughs) (laughs) Jericho unblock me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, I think that's it. That's everything. We had a full show this week, right? Yeah. Oversized show. No, this was actually like right around the same, a little bit less, right? Yeah. Uh, so, hey, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for supporting uh, Patreon, of course. If we didn't give a full push for the Patreon, I'm going to give one more full push for the Patreon. Um, you got the movie reviews, um, the homework stuff. You know, we're talking about the old WCW stuff, the wrestling movies that Adam assigns. You get the conversations with Joe that I've had. Um, that's kind of spun out of the anniversary of the Chikar shutdown angle. Um, you heard Adam at the top of the show, the Hollow Wicked one, uh, got into some stuff that probably you never heard Hollow Wicked talk about if you're a fan of Hollow Wicked. Um, yeah, I don't know. I should, you know what? There was a P it's one of those things where there was a piece like, you know, you do the five minute preview, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I need to do better with my due diligence with that to say like, Hey, have this be the five minute preview, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you figure out what part of the conversation is, I can still put a preview in there. Yeah. You know, after it's published, but, or just maybe for next time. Yeah. And now I'll, I'll make myself a note and I'll remember for next time. How about that? There you go. All right. So again, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Um, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 